Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, and getting better. Thank you for being here. My name is Ben Hansen. I'll be your host this evening. I'm joined by Jeff Markiafava. Hello. Joined by Jana Garcia. Hello. Join, say, <clears throat> I always get choked up saying this. I shouldn't. I'm joined today by Kyle Hilliard. Well, thank you for getting choked up. I, yeah. guess, I don't know why. <laughs> What's a, uh, I just had something weird in my throat. It, is your face doing something weird? Are you growing a mustache? What's going on over there? I No, I just haven't trimmed in like a few days. I didn't get, I've been busy today. Yeah, I usually try to trim it uh, beforehand. I didn't get to it today. What's the longest you've ever just let your face go? Just let it run free. Not long. I can, I cannot grow a mustache. It just doesn't work for me. It never gets bigger than this of what's happening right now. It kind of, I mean, you're like 200 pixels on a screen, but that looks like a mustache. I think legally that's a must. Well, yeah. Okay, no, you know what, that's mind. nothing. That doesn't <laughs> uh, count. All right. Well, I hope you're excited for a lot of very exciting game talk today. As I was building out the doc for this podcast, I just fell more and more in love with it. And I'm like, I am so excited to talk about all of these things. I think I think this is going to be a hell of a good show because we are talking about the Xbox Developer Direct. We're talking about Forspoken. Forspoken's out, everybody. And Kyle has finished it. Uh, Jeff and I have started it. Jeff has played more than me. And Janet is curious about it. Is that a fair way to put it there, Janet? Um, Sure. All right. I'm going to make you curious about it, I promise. Uh, then, Fire Emblem Engage. We're talking about that Nintendo Switch strategy game. Then, Sarah Pozorski is jumping in, uh, jumping onto this moving train, if she can keep up. Uh, we're going to talk about Chia. We're going to talk about the Sony Wireless Edge controller that uh, PlayStation sent our way. And then, back after the show, of course, we have great questions submitted by the community. And they were pent up. I think there's a good prize this week for my 8-bit, but we had a lot of good questions flow in this week. So, I'm very excited about this whole thing. Uh, tool. Hold on, oh. I gotta, I gotta start Hi-Fi Rush downloading. It's very important. Oh, is that live right now? It looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump right into that. So there was an Xbox Developer Direct, first time, uh, as far as I remember, that they ever had this format. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. They sh- I remember seeing Scorn on something like this for the first time. Mm. Were they like showing off indies or something? It wasn't like an idea at Xbox presentation because those kind of feel I, close. I don't know. I, I remember that was like the first time we saw Series X stuff, but this did feel different in any case. This did feel different from whatever that was that I can't remember. Yeah, I really, I understand everything on the internet is going to fall victim to high expectations and whatnot, but I, I enjoyed this presentation style where they don't have some stupid host making stupid puns to segue from one game to the other and just zero jokes, which is now what I'm allergic to is when they're just volleying out two out of ten jokes left and right, you don't need them. So in this case, it was just a bunch of developers from within Microsoft's team talking directly to the camera, showing off their games. They showed a five, pretty breezy, but I enjoyed it. And yeah, probably the star of the show was a new game called Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Gameworks, the developers of Evil Within and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Specifically, it's the same director, I do believe, as Evil Within 2. Um, It's called Hi-Fi Rush, and the big twist is it's out. Right now, it is out today. They shadow dropped a completely new game, which is, that's impressive. I understand people complaining about like, what, Starfield not being there, which they already explained and other stuff that might have, you know, people wanted more Fable and stuff like that. Save that for the summer. Like, it's cool. They can get out there and just launch this brand new thing. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Kyle, since you're maybe the most excited when you're downloading it now, how, how would you describe what this thing is? Um, 
it's very it's got, got a cartoon look to it it's yeah. very much a cell shaded game it ha, it kind of reminds me of overwatch if you just like you know at a glance maybe with more cell shading mm. and then it's all action combat and movement based on the rhythm of the music that's happening uh in the world right um, so it, it's, and it looks great <laughs> it looks very fun and silly there's definitely a shot in that trailer where the character like pops up over a city and it's like oh this looks like sunset overdrive yes <laughs> yes right janet you have the same thought yeah like that's uh, i wouldn't i personally don't really see overwatch when i look at it i see more yeah. jet set radio totally i, I get that meant you're like, to say sunset over Drive. <laughs> All oh, right. That's so funny. Because okay. I was the over. Cool. I just like, I just like, lie. yeah, yeah. No, that I'm comparison not made no sense to me. But and this I was is, like, maybe because of the robots? Yeah. Like, it's I was like, we're all too polite, is what yeah. I learned. Thank you. Because we you all heard that. And we're like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Overdrive, my, Overwatch is what happened in my in, brain. In my defense, I did say I didn't see it, but I was going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe it made, I mean, he said it, maybe it made sense to him. I don't know. Maybe there's a connection. Okay. So, yes, Sunset. Now I'm thinking it. Sunset, Overwatch, Sunset, Overdrive. Um, just a look from like the pop of it. Yeah. Um, and again, the art style as well. And yeah, I am a little, I'm very, I was super excited when I saw this. And then I got a little bit more tentative when they said mm -hmm. that it's kind of a rhythm game. Cause I feel like that stuff's very hit or miss. Um, I am well, really excited though, with how they talked about their implementation of the rhythm aspect where the rhythm fits what you're doing but if you happen to kind of jump onto the rhythm they want you to do then you do like bonus damage and i think right. that flow might work really well for the actual gameplay of it but um, it's, yeah this is one i like really popped for when it when they said it was out now yeah it's interesting like metal hellsinger last year and there are a couple other indie games around that era i've talked about one of them on the podcast i forget that's also just like oh it's an action game but you do it to the beat of the music you know it goes back to Harmonics, our favorite developers. I mean, trying to make games like Chroma, where it's like, oh, it was a first-person shooter where you shot at the beat of the music. Or this game specifically, it feels a lot like No Straight Roads. If you remember that from, I think, 2020, mm, right. that game came out, where it's all about building a rock empire and taking out EDM. That was also like to the music. I think there was benefits and stuff. But yeah, it's a Pistol Whip does it too. It's Ooh. a different genre, but it's very much like you will be successful if you ignore the music. You will be extra successful if you pay attention to the music. Right. So it's a, it's a tough thing to pull off and we have not uh, played it yet uh, at the time of this recording. So we'll talk about it more next week and stuff. But it's just cool to see you know, it was kind of another testament, like, you know, as much as we kissed Microsoft's ass last year for funding something as weird as Pentiment, I think it's another example of just like, okay, I have faith in how Microsoft is working with these developers if they're letting the creators of Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo have this much free reign where they can pitch a game that is a cel-shaded cartoony thing that starts with a colorful character blasting through the glass and then saying, yep. That's me. I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. It's I like, hated that. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> well, part of the thing I didn't like. It's I actually, was like, yeah. that was too much. It, it wrapped back around. It was so overdone. Now I think it's kind of charming and self-aware at this point. And I've fallen back in love with it, I think. Uh, but I'm it's, curious yeah, it's like that it. thing. What is that, that? That joke Leo made one time that at the end credits, they, they have to put like, this was meant to be stupid. Right, right. I couldn't <laughs> tell. Yeah. I couldn't quite tell. But yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. And it's on Game Pass and available now for everybody. So we'll talk about it more next week. We can actually talk about what this thing's like. Also, there's a cat in that game. There's a cat. And, and the cat is a metronome. Yep. And its name and is 808. Robot. It's yes. it's really good. It's really it's good. It's everything that my cat is in. Step it up, Bruce. I know. Fan, fan of the show. <laughs> uh, let's see they also talked about Elder Scrolls Online it's interesting to see them just like pushing that game from square one again like okay everybody 
We've been working really hard. It's free. There's over 20 pieces of DLC. It's free. If you like Morrowind, if you like Oblivion, if you like Skyrim, please come check it out. If you're Jimmy Stewart. Whoa, what do I gotta do? By the way, real quick, Ben, in uh, the new Puss in Boots movie, there is a character that is just Jimmy Stewart. Really? Uh, and it's it's hilarious and fantastic. Hey, yeah. God, is that movie good? It's at like 96% Rotten Tomatoes. It's really good. Everyone's really saying good. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm going to watch it probably this week. Although okay. I'll go to bat for the first Postman Boots, too. That movie's pretty good, too. But the second one's really very, very good. All right. Um, another one. Real quick, we can hit up. Is a... <laughs> was, was that the end of our discussion on ESO? What do you want? I mean, they've, they've pitched it a thousand times. I'm not going to go into all the details of it. They're pushing PvP. If you want it, you got it. I am curious, though. Are you currently playing ESO? Have you played within the last five years? I want to hear from people because every time they say the numbers, they're like 400 gazillion active players. And... I don't know anybody who's currently playing it, but you know I don't really know that many people. So let me know in the comments if you're playing the thing. Um, hey, I uh, will say ooh, yeah. again, I, I'll just keep pushing you back into this ESO thing. We don't need to. One, I feel like the ESO thing is a testament to what I feel like this showcase generally did really well, which is getting me slightly more intrigued on games that I went in being like I'm going to turn my brain off. Right. And that happened with um, which was this the order? I guess you skipped over Gran Turismo. I don't know if you're playing on. Going, we're not going, you know, How not going. dare Turismo, but, you? Um, <laughs> My skin is crawling. You no, know I mean? oh, that's the right answer. <laughs> Sorry, that's no, honestly, I meant, I meant like... to say Overwatch, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I was talking about. It's a motorsport. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think they did such a good job at just like selling what they had. And I think yeah. that's a testament to the style of the developer conversations that they had, which were very much like these teams pitching their game in a way that's genuine, quick jumps to what they feel like is most important, brings in their place. Like, I think they did such a good job selling those titles Yeah, as someone that's not interested in necessarily every single game they were showing off. But I think they did a good job highlighting what made it special and making me think maybe I should take some time to, you know, what, what else am I playing on my Xbox? Right. Maybe I should jump back into this. Um, so I really liked that aspect and I felt like it, it was a strength of the showcase. Yeah, I think it's, so. To, to that extent, and maybe this is, you know, like thinking that Microsoft's playing 4D chess when they're really not. But it's it's almost like this this entire presentation was custom tailored for the benefits of Game Pass because all these games fall into that umbrella of like, I probably wouldn't buy this, but right. as like an add-on to Game Pass, you got me interested enough that I'd be like, yeah, I'll download that and check it out. And then that makes me feel better about having Game Pass. That's a weird thing. I mean, what, is, what does that mean? That's just the quality of the Xbox lineup for you? Your interest level in it is I, like, it's at a point of... I don't... There, There's like a weird middle ground there of like, yeah. this is a game that I probably wouldn't buy, but it's a perfect Game Pass game that mm. I can just experiment with and not feel like I'm, you know risking an investment on it or something like that. Yeah. As opposed to like a Starfield, which I would probably buy anyway because I'm excited for it. There's like, it's my, my like ideal hope for something like game pass is that Microsoft that is like informing the conversation at Microsoft. When, when someone like Tango works comes up and is like, Hey, we want to make this kind of weird, more, you know, like esoteric game. And, and maybe, maybe Microsoft is a little more like, yeah, go ahead and, you know, like try it. We, we're not going to make you make another horror game because that will probably sell more copies because we're not, we're not explicitly looking to sell copies of a game. Mm -hmm. We just want to add enough value to game pass 
we're, to keep people subscribed. And we want to hit like a new audience. Like if we can turn some heads by being like, hey, do you like Jet Set Radio? Did you like Sunset Overdrive? Maybe this will get you. Whereas if it's Evil Did Within like Overwatch? 3. Right. Evil <laughs> Within 3, I feel like people would be like, all right, I'm either in or I'm out and I probably already have Game Pass. Yeah. And I'm in, you know. Um, but I mean, yeah, to that point, like Forza Motorsport, Forza Motorsport. It's just hard to say the name of that game. I'm just going to call it Forza. But like as a big Forza it's Horizon fan, I've never really got it. You know, I've never really gotten into a mainline Forza. Um, but that said, like I did enjoy Gran Turismo 7 last year. Um, and just, you know, I, maybe I'm just a little burned out on open worlds in general. So like having a racing game that's just like race by race. Uh, care about your actual progression in yeah, these cars. Killer dirt. Right. Great. And really dirt. nice reflections. I'm like, what if they put a different game into this? You know what I mean? The depth of paint is just. They, they literally. It's going to knock your socks off. Jeff and I did a reaction for this whole thing. You can watch it on Mimics's YouTube channel if you want. But that, when they're talking about Forza Motorsport, and within three minutes, they're, two minutes maybe, they're talking about the thickness of the paint on the cars. And how much they've upped the audio and it's the best sounding Forza ever. It's like, I, I get it. I don't know how you make this game sexy. I I probably will enjoy playing it, but not fall in love with it. But I don't know what the sales pitch could be, but I don't think it's this. Hansen, I mean, I, be, Hansen, I think that the is physics the of the game. Oh, yeah. The physics of the game is better than the last three Forza games combined. That's what they so, said. More realistic yeah, how do you physics. Combine physics? Ooh, they they have yeah. to say something. They have to say something. Yeah. And like, at least like Gran Turismo 7, they had that weird hook of like, you can hang out in a cool car cafe and sip a hot latte talking to people about Subarus. I'm like, you know what? That's that's an angle. That's something. And there was nothing here. <laughs> but then again, it's the bucket of Game Pass. So yeah, sure, I, I will play this. I mean, they have the building the cars thing, I feel like was in something yeah. online, question mark? I feel like they mentioned that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I do think that the sim, like for me, in a game like that, the sim elements do impress me. Like them getting yeah. into the weeds on the audio design and how like the different parts of the car will have you know, uh, really? impact the sound the car makes. Yes, because really? that I play, gotcha? I, well, yeah, because I, I play sim games like FIFA is a sim game. And like when I watch something like that, I look into the lens of when they say that it's going to be a dynamic pitch that's going to react to the players moving at certain parts and the dirt will be kicked up. I actually do pop for that because okay. it speaks to the detail of that game, because that's what that franchise aims for detail and realism. And so in a, in Forza Motorsport, even though I'm also not a motorsport person because I'm just bad at driving, like I can barely drive the cars in Horizon. So Let if I can't drive a Lamborghini life. on the beach, I don't think I can drive a race car on a track. Right. But I still think that stuff's really cool because that is what people are looking for from that. And that is what they're striving to achieve. So I do actually find that to be impressive. And I think that is what's worth highlighting in yeah. something like that for that game. I think I, I don't think they worded it this way, but I think what kind of got me by the end of that is just thinking about like, well, this is going to be the best looking racing game of all time. It's not split gen, right? It's not like a Gran Turismo 7, which is still a beautiful looking game. Um, but having just a smaller world, more fidelity, like, yeah. I, I, it's a weird thing if they would have bragged about that. Like, absolutely, this is the best looking racing game ever. But I, I mean, that's something, I think. The car reflections? I mean, who has the to go look in a mirror in a game and always thought about that? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not saying it's going to move heaven and earth, but I do find those things kind of interesting. I hope it does. I literally hope Forza moves heaven. I, I'm praying <laughs> for it. Um, speaking of moving heaven... Uh, I'm moving to heaven, otherwise known as Minecraft Legends, everybody. This is how they kicked off the whole show. It's the <laughs> cell-shaded action strategy game, as they put it. Um, I am curious about this. I like RTS games, so it's cool to see them pushing for it, and specifically to see them like pushing PvP so hard. Like, for a Minecraft game, I think that's a really interesting push from them, just messaging-wise, of like, hey, 
you can have some intense PvP matches and it's going to be like an RTS and you have to build walls and try to keep people out and you can build traps and stuff. Like, Janet, you seem intrigued? Yeah, I have a question for y'all on yes. that because uh, I'm not an RTS person, so maybe that's why I don't have this information. How long are these matches supposed to take? <laughs> because it looked like it'd be a two to three hour, like it's a mm. lifestyle. Either I'm getting my butt a kicked lifestyle. or it's a lifestyle. Like, <laughs> right. like my chat was like, make sure you eat before you boot up this game. <laughs> what what are we looking at there? Cause they never talked about that. And yeah. that was one thing I was waiting for them to explain. They never did. So what should I expect from that? Yeah. Cause they show like pretty intricate, like building. And if you're mm -hmm. building up a whole town in Minecraft, you know, yeah, it like, seems like it takes more time. It's taking me years to freaking put a bag of potatoes in my <laughs> fake kitchen. Okay, so I don't know how I'm supposed to build this empire, yeah. and then and then make a a gun that, and then make a thing that grabs the gun bullets. I don't. I, I am intrigued, but I'm a little overwhelmed by like, what should I expect session to session? Right, in this? right, right. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm gonna go with a confident uh, forty minute sessions uh, for the PvP sessions. Really? But, but I don't know. I who knows? I don't know. Maybe um, are they simplifying aspects of the building? Maybe I'm just dumb because like, and I they like are, Minecraft. Like, I got are. my little Minecraft bee over here, but like, it takes me forever to make anything in those games. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem very simplified. You're not going brick by brick. I think it's just literally like you saw them just click and drag. All right, build a wall here, do all this stuff here. So I, I I'm curious to see what the competitive scene in Minecraft We're gonna Legends looks like. make a ladder to get to the top to build the higher part and then right. <laughs> it seems good. It seems good. Yeah. I mean ultimately I just like seeing them take Minecraft and just plug it into different genres and see what seeing what sticks. Yeah. You know I think that's kind of a fun thing to do with Minecraft outside of just continuing to build on the original game. Yeah. Haha <laughs> build. Build. Oh, uh, April 18th. Post, right? Absolutely. April 18th uh, is when the thing's coming out so it's, it is damn soon. And Forza we should mention didn't have a date. They just said 2023 still for that one. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. Elder Scrolls Online. Necrom. Um, let's see. Uh, Redfall. Uh, was the big thing at the end? Arcane's new game, the creators of <laughs> Dishonored. Ooh, so I am I am it fascinated. Was the thing it. at the end. Yes, wow. it was at the end. So this is the vampire game. If you don't recall from the creators of Deathloop, uh, you might most recently know Arcane from. Although this is Arcane Austin compared to Arcane Leon, where Deathloop was developed. Um, but I feel like I don't know if everyone has this sensation too. I feel like Redfall expectations were. Not exactly off the charts. Uh, hype was not off the charts. I feel like in the last couple weeks, it kind of changed a little bit where like there was an interview that they put out there. Um, I forget where it was with uh, or who it was with, but Ricardo Bear, the creative director, and Harvey Smith over there, they said like, they said, oh, this game isn't like Left 4 Dead, everybody. It's, it's like Far Cry 2. And that like turned, it turned some of like the immersive sim fans back around of like, wait a minute. I guess that you have Arcane making a systems-heavy open-world game like Far Cry 2. That does sound pretty cool because I'm amazed by how many people still think this is like a Left 4 Dead-style game. Like, they just needed to come out in this presentation well, and just I mean, like... All the it looked still... It, it still looks like one. Yeah. It still... Yeah. When you open thing for Horde to come and then you fight the things, like, that's Left 4 Dead. Like, that's Back for Blood. Like, I, I played that game... Like, it... It felt very much like that to me. And I know it is single player as well, but uh, if they were trying to get away from that with this, I would say they failed. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I we were measuring the hype of What's the chat vote, Jeff? during our DJ live reaction. On the same page here. Yeah. yeah. Do you want I me mean, Team Hansen? Ugh, yucky, yucky, yucks, am I right? Which, I by the way, I, I'm not even saying that's necessarily like a bad thing. Like, but <laughs> Don't it back does, away it's from a, this, Kyle. It's a four-player shooter where you're fighting hordes of monsters, and there might be more, there's going to be more to it than that, I can say with confidence, but yeah. like, the baseline genre seems pretty locked in. But it's not, but 
but not as a Left 4 Dead style game. Like, why does a Borderlands game get to get out there? It's because we know the brand, I guess. It's not new IP. But like, it's it, hordes. It's like monsters, I, I think, right? Yeah. I, yeah that, Wait, that's, what's Jeff that's thinks? We never got point. to that. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. He I doesn't want to speak on the podcast, Janet. Answer. Don't make him uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I went into this one without a lot, without a lot of background knowledge. And it, for, so in my mind, it was always arcane but co-op and i guess from what i saw from this it seemed more it seemed less arcane dishonored you know immersive sim and more pretty straightforward shooter from what they showed but i think in their defense if i may i feel like they were trying to emphasize that in this presentation that it was a little bit different it was more of an arcane game than you might expect like I'm looking at it right now for the video version. You know, they had that whole sequence, yeah, like you're going to the house slowly with the flashlight. They're trying to show, I mean, environmental storytelling is, hey, they wrote about my blood. Oh, my kingdom for some blood on the walls or whatever the yeah, hell's you, going on You know on what there. other game really pushed environmental storytelling, Hanson? Um, yeah, what is it? Yeah, Left for Dead. No! And you were you were also going around houses in the dark with a flashlight. Okay. All of that However, stuff looked Left for Deadish. Okay. However, then they also had that sequence that Harvey Smith showed off, whereas him like stealthing around the back alley by the brewery and stuff. And I feel like they were trying very hard to make it look like a Dishonored style game. I feel like they tried to hit these sequences to show that it's not just walls right. of enemies, which I, is what the rest I of think, the stuff is. I think they were trying hard to, but I don't think the gameplay was supporting it as much as one of their other games like i I think it's just ultimately more shooter co-op shooter than their other games which it shouldn't be surprising that you can't do as many you know fantastical dishonored style you know abilities and things in a in a co-op game yeah it's not going to work as well and I, I i think they they, i'm sure they want people to know that there's more to it than just running around shooting it but we saw a lot of people running around shooting stuff. It was. It was. You kind of got bored by the end just with the amount of, all right, now here's a new type of enemy you'll be shooting. It's like, yeah, I, th- I think I got it. Um, and we were trying to gauge people's expectations and where their hype was at in the chat. And there's a lot of people around like a seven for mm-hmm. interest level. It's like, okay, that's, that's not terrible. And then we asked like, oh, did this improve? We're basically just focus testing during our live streams. I apologize. Don't tell Bethesda or Microsoft. No, yeah, exactly. It's like no, but all I was, 16 people for the data. <laughs> but I was just curious. Yeah, no, like did this improve? Did your expectation for this game improve or go down based on this presentation? And everyone was like, yeah, it's the same. It's the same. Like this presentation didn't radically change my perception of this thing. I think I we got... Like a little bit, like seeing yeah. the safe zones and the sort of the more maybe places where story will happen and stuff like that. that like that kind of like turns the volume up for me a little bit. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, but Redfall they announced is coming May second, May second. So I mean that probably paves the way for Starfield in the back half of the year. I'd have to imagine they probably want to space those out a little bit. I mean, maybe the Bethesda banner doesn't matter as much as I think it does just for Microsoft wanting to space out Bethesda products. But May 2nd. Yeah, I I mentioned it on the live stream as well, but people were somewhat down on the on the show as a whole. But I think, you know, for the five games that they showed are all coming out before June. Like, that's not bad if they can do another one of these in the summer with, you know, another five games to show off like they're they're doing better than they have the past you know two years or whatever yeah yeah especially microsoft last year was grim outside of pentiment um so yeah hats off to them uh all right 
Should we dive into this big thing? Forspoken, is it time for this? Do it. Oh, man. I'm excited. Fall into the world of Athia. Oh. Uh, Kyle, so you beat this and reviewed it for Game Informer. Yeah. Right? Um, how long did you spend with this thing? Uh, I beat I beat it. I saw credits around the 15-hour mark, and then I played like another five hours or so just running around collecting things. That's interesting. And Jeffem, yeah. you've been playing this, and you've been playing more than I thought? I've played 15 hours, and wow. it seems like I am at the 25% mark, I would assume, based <laughs> on story, what's going on. Really? Are you just not really doing mainline stuff? You're just like really getting... Because I, I, I was mainlining pretty quickly. Yeah. You know. I've I've done a lot of I've done a lot. You put stuff on my map. I'm gonna go to it while I'm on my way to the objective. Oh, Yucky. there's a lot of that. In this Unfortunately, game. Yeah. there's a lot of that. Yes. Uh, for spoken for reminder, everybody, this was Project Athia for a while. This is Square Enix publishing this thing. It is from the core team that developed Final Fantasy 15. A lot of the you know leads left, but it is that at least flavors of that original Final Fantasy 15 team. This is their big push for a new IP. It's out on PC and PS5. We all know for we know Forspoken because it has the tagline "Find your fight," which is the most generic, oh, terrible okay. tagline I've ever heard in my life. Um, I am curious where everybody is at with this thing, Kyle. Since you're the first to finish it here, um, I saw you gave it a seven five over at Game Informer. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like, I, I mean, for me, the big thing is like, uh, the story is like fine the combat is like fine maybe even a little below fine for okay. those two but like movement and exploration at a certain point it, it takes a little while to get really to get improve a lot but like i really like that part of the game yeah i love running around and like find and i and there's a couple upgrades that you kind of have to go out of your way to go grab and i like i went out of my way to get those and um like like i didn't even get the ability to like float you know and prevent fall damage until after i'd seen credits and stuff really? like that which yeah which maybe which could be on me like it maybe i just didn't i didn't go for it early enough but um once you have that and the ability to press x to like uh sort of do this like um timed combo jumping i love that part of the game i think that part's really good and it looks great but then everything else is pretty underwhelming yeah i mean i was amazed just from the opening where it's like, okay, it even takes you a little while before you get dodge. You have to unlock dodge. And it's like, I think everybody watching me yeah. live stream, it was like, unlocking dodge in 2023, like, this deep into the game is bizarre. It takes a while. It, yeah. Everything takes a while to get rolling. Um, so, Jeff, I'm very curious about your thoughts, but I, I want to set the stage a little bit where this game has become the punching bag of the internet in a big way, and there's a lot of things we can unpack here. I think it's fascinating. I'll million levels i feel like i'm rooting for this game maybe i'm just rooting for new ip maybe it's just you know i visited square enix back in early 2016 for the final fantasy 15 cover story trip at game informer and i saw like a snippet of this game even back then so i've always been curious about it and knowing that team a little bit i feel like i'm i'm pushing for it i'm fascinated by it I don't know if I want to keep playing, but I want to keep thinking about it. Is where I'm at with more spoken. But Jeff, I'm surprised you played as much as you have. What do you think of this thing? Yeah, um, I was very ho hum until probably like hour fourteen, and then wow. they, they did. 
I don't want to I don't want to get into spoilers, but they kind of they kind of did something by the time I got there that I was kind of suspecting. I, I was I was very I was confused as to where the game was going to go progression wise, because I felt like I I've seen a lot of things and I've unlocked a lot of things and I don't know where they can go from here if they're not going to do thing X. And then they did thing X and then it got much more interesting. So and Jeff, now are you are you talking about story or are you talking about like gameplay mechanics? Gameplay mechanics and that in, intertwine intertwine with story, I guess. So okay. so where are you at then, Jeff? Sense? Are you are you enjoying this game at this point? Like you got to the point of building up to having a good time? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I okay. I I think like I got to like I I actually think the combat got much more interesting too. Um, yeah, the traversal definitely got more interesting, as Kyle said, uh, the combat's working more for me now. And so that has kind of it, 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 it was a very weird, delayed, staggered interest that kind of got me much more on board. What, one of the things I think is interesting about it is that they kind of introduced the idea of these. Well, I mean, you, you get you get transported to like a fantasy world and you have a talking bracelet and all this stuff. But then there's like four demigods in that world. Yeah. And you decide you're going to kill one of them. And then from that point, they're like, OK, so go to where this to where this Tauntas is and kill her. And it is like so far out from your map. I like love where that. they put the objective that like. You spend a, a I unless you're Kyle and you beeline it straight there, but you spend a long time getting there. And I was kind of doing, you know, side activities as I came across them. And it felt like a genuine journey just to get my character to there. And then there was a, a huge boss battle. And then the things after they done, they, you know, after you defeated her really kind of opened up a lot of the systems and stuff. And so it, it was just a very effective stretch after a long and kind of slow intro. To that, the game. That's really good to hear because I feel like even where I'm at, it's like, okay, running around the world is at least interesting. You know that that's like the core tech demo that they built up at the start of this game's project was magical parkour and all this stuff. And then I feel like at least in the beginning, it is just wave after wave of weighing you down so you aren't presented with that in the most satisfying or magical way and it just you gotta fight through that crap and there's a lot of crap to get to the point of okay now i get what you're trying what the reason why this game exists ultimately you know yeah and like i i i think i had a similar trajectory for jeff and we're not i'm not even i don't i'm not talking around spoilers or anything right there's not like some moment where i'm like oh everything Mm -hmm. clicked for me necessarily but the game does improve at a steady ramp like throughout the course of the game like it starts rough and it gets better and better. And I remember even thinking around the 10 hour mark where I was like, oh, you know, I actually I really want to see where the story concludes here. Like yeah. I was in at that point. But the sort of the bummer thing about it is like has, has 10 hours to sort of finally start feeling like that is kind of is kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think this thing is fascinating. Like this is this is the good stuff to me of just a weird concoction of game development. Pump this thing out of the system. And it's like, What? What are we working with here? What is happening with this release? Yeah. But I'm happy to I don't see know Square if it's like an insult or if it's like a compliment to say like I do wonder if it will kind of be a culty yeah um, some point in the future you know where it will have its like really big defenders who really like it. And- you know what it is, Kyle? As I was playing, even the beginning, I was thinking, you know what the legacy of this game is going to be? It's going to be 2023's The Bouncer. 
You know, it's better like, than that. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, I like the bouncer, but it just seems like that Square Enix release of just like they're going for something. Yeah, Some people will like it. It doesn't exactly stick the landing, but there's something I, weird about it. I didn't connect it. the Square Enix dots, but actually now that you say that, I see what you're getting at. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that. Yeah. It's just cool. Like in a, after a year, several years of Square just releasing so many smaller experiments, like, I don't know, it's an RPG, buy it or don't. And it's just been a lot of like, 6.5s from Square lately in that arena. It's nice to see them take a big swing, and it's weird. Janet, um, you're much more glued in to the online world, I think, and, and Twitter than the rest of us. How would you summarize the Internet's take on Forspoken <clears throat> so far based on uh, um, Twitter dialogue? The, the Internet's take is Forspoken is a bad game, yep. and the counter is, no, you're actually just a bad person. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> genuinely... I feel like we'll get into this more like later, maybe for community questions. But yeah, like, I mean, I I think the conversation around this game being a punching bag, like it, if pe- it's a game that some people don't like. So what? There are games people love and they we don't say, oh, everyone's just kissing this game's ass. Calm down. You know, like, I just feel Man. like it's a little silly to be too upset that people don't like a thing. I think there's a little bit more of an interesting conversation on the idea of, you know, what makes compelling dialogue or not yeah, or yeah. how to pull off tone or whatever. But at the end of the day, like when people, I, f- I find it a little, maybe it's cause I'm always like the, I'm usually the more negative person in any podcast show, whatever, like in terms of Funeral. how much I like a game, like I tend to not like some games that people like. So maybe I'm used to it, but I think it's a little weird to be upset at hearing a lot of people say they don't like a game when you might again, hear a lot of people say that they do like a game. Like, if I'm out there playing a game, I'm going to tweet about it. And if the game's not good, I'm going to tweet that it's not good. If the game's good, I'm going to tweet that it's good. Like, I am just saying what I think about it. Like, I'm going to put my thoughts out there. And I get that maybe it may seem overwhelming when the timeline's full of, like, the same take. But, like, that happens in both directions. And sometimes it splits down the middle. Like, that's just what consuming media is. But everybody's screaming already about this game based on your Twitter existence. Um, a lot of people. I think yeah. it's definitely like it's people will like share clips and debate like, is this right and good? Is this that's, not? And I think that's probably been the element of virality. But yeah, I mean, I follow a lot of journalists. So people, you know, have their reviews or don't have their reviews. And of course, there's sub discourses on who didn't get code, who got code is square, like playing okay. 40 chess with the code. Yeah, you know, sure, I don't sure. really like getting in all that because it's just very conspiracy theorist at the end of the day, like whatever, like we don't have a system to force teams to give codes at a certain scale and for that reason they can do whatever they want with them and whether or not they like have strategic moves to that is silly to contemplate like just i'm just here to do my job you know what i I mean like i'm here to to do content like the other stuff is in the back burner off to the sides specifically the part that i'm fascinated about with this game is is that idea of the viral clips and everybody dunking on the dialogue be like this is the worst dialogue i've ever heard in my life and i'm not defending the dialogue before spoken but there's a part of me where it's like have you seen other video games? Did you That's play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? It's the most abysmal so many, script in the in, world. Like, there are so many things that, like, and I know some people might say, like, oh, it's because, like, it's new. People, Gotham Knights got the smoke, too, and, like, that has plenty of familiarity and clout behind it. So I feel like anyone can get the smoke. I don't think it's specifically because it's Forspoken or because of the lead character. That stuff probably doesn't help to a degree, right? Like, new IP, you know, woman of color, blah, blah. Like, those things, I'm not acting like they don't have, like, they're not in conversation with each other, but I think... No matter, like, the game was, you know, people didn't like the game. That is that is what yeah. it is. I haven't played it yet. I can't have a comment, but I think that's just, people didn't like it. They thought it was cheesy. I do think that, like, 
Marvel becomes a weird punching bag for it. Yep. Like I get it. You're an intellectual nerd. You don't like Marvel. Like I, I'm, I'm tired of the pick me nerds who say they don't like Marvel stuff. Like, <laughs> stop. Because well, specifically, you know, it's I'm people. Done. People, I'm, are, I'm done with it. I'm done with y'all. I see your takes. Yeah, you're too smart for Marvel. I get it. It's the Marvel um, quips. Like whatever. that's what people are really laying into it about. Like I'm sick of these Marvel style quips and like tracking. I think y'all the, gonna act like that Spider-Man movie wasn't fire. Get out of my face. Right. Right. Get out of my face. That's like, it. There right. are bad Marvel jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, a lie. Yep. You had Thor Love and Thunder to dunk on and that's all you really have. Because like Marvification, I'm sorry, they're, they have like freaking great films and TV shows. Like it's so silly. I, I can't stand it. It's a Janet, big, we're trying it's a big to defend, for me. We're trying to defend Forspoken. We can't defend all of Marvel at the same time. We gotta well, pick they, our I mean, they interact with each other in this case. <laughs> they do. You do they see do. that. You do. You're absolutely yeah. right. And like that's it made me think of like the Guardians of the Galaxy game. A lot of things in this game make me think of like Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's just the classic Isekai fish out of water. You know, if you you're a classy individual that Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. It's just the idea of, hey, it's this woman from New York and she gets transported to a mystical world. And then at least in the beginning, it's a lot of those situations of her like referencing something from our world. Like I'm from New York. And they're like, Newark? And she's like, oh, no, that's something else entirely. Or she's getting a tour of the city and they say, this is where the nobility live. And she's like, ah, the Upper East Side. And they're like, oh no! Like just her constantly referencing things from her world, and then the I mean, joke sounds, is that sounds they, kind of funny to be honest. But like, I don't oh, know. Like it's, okay, Janet, Janet likes it. It's it's a lot of that, and it, there's I, I get very annoyed by that. I'm just like, okay, everyone in this world would tell her to shut up, and she would be quiet or be a little more humble well, about the fact that her world is not this world. In in her defense, she's telling people to shut the f up like all the time. It's a lot of like, swearing. She, she has swore. She has the biggest potty mouth that Ooh. I've seen in from a video game character in a long time. And and I, I can I can understand like the like I don't think the writing's good either, but right. it's 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 set up for that kind of viral dunking, I think, because because the good parts of the game do take a longer to get to and it's not something that you can distill down into a five second clip and the bad parts of the game are things that you can do that with and right. it's like but the, her constantly fighting with a talking she's constantly fighting with a talking bracelet on her wrist like that is made for the internet to make fun of but it's in in some ways it it kind of reminded me of midnight suns in terms yeah. of like this is a game that just kind of like they're going for it. And, and it's, it's almost in defiance of that kind of cynicism of the internet of like, we're just going to tell the story we want to. She, you know, like she's an orphan and she's crying about her parents being dead in like the first two minutes of the game. And yeah. it's, it's this weird, like they're going for, you know, kind of this somber tone and it doesn't really work, but it's, but at, like to some extent I can appreciate just the effort, the effort put putting it into a new character and a new IP. And yeah. like, if you want to get weird, I'll happily play a weird game that's kind of, you know, up and down in terms of storytelling or characters. And if something's lame, like, at least it's lame in a different way. And, and the, I don't know. I, the, yes, I'm with you. We're like the core idea of what they're going for of having a realistic person and having it feel more authentic, it's like, that's not going to clip as well. Like, I thought early on, at least, maybe it goes off the rails, but, like, her moments with, like, that little girl who, like, tries to steal her phone in the beginning, it's like, oh, these are, like, sweet little human moments, and, like, is this moment where it kind of feels like a real human being interacting with another real human being worth the moments of her being like, uh, a dragon? Yeah, I just fought one. I shoot 
stuff with my mind. Or it's well, like, okay, I think, I too, at the end of the day, like, people are really focused, like, at least on the internet perspective, focused on the dialogue, debating, is the dialogue good, is it not? Um, having, like, I was on the review for Kind of Funny, like, I hosted it, like, and I haven't played it yet. Um, that was, like, not even a big part of their complaints. Like, yeah. generally, they just said the game didn't, wasn't good. Like, the, that nothing about it excelled other than maybe some aspects of the parkour. So, Eventually. I don't know. I've seen, I, I just feel, like, I get that it's, like, it, in a sense, does suck for the team to have, like, oh, they have this clip of your game getting dragged or whatever. Like, you know, that is a dark part of criticism and, and everyone wanting to have an opinion or wanting to, like, go viral with their jokes or whatever. But at the same time, like, this is a clip from the game, you know, and we've seen this with Days Gone. We've seen it with, Go you know, I, I made yeah. the Gotham Knights clip that blew up. And it's like, <laughs> look, I clipped out part of the game and people thought it was bad. Like, I don't know. That is your like, I also clip out good parts of good games. And sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I forgot how good the combat on this was yeah. or telling their story. Like it cuts both ways. And it is unfortunate that by nature, you know, humans are drawn more to negativity than positivity. But like. I don't know. Am I not going to, should I not say anything just because the game is bad? I say stuff when the game's good or bad or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's the job of doing the content. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. I, I, um, I am fascinated by, like, the journey of this game and specifically, like, with the writing and how it eventually got to this point. Because the original idea is they brought in Amy Hennig from Uncharted fame and Gary Whitta. Uh, you know, who helped on uh, wrote an episode and more for The Walking Dead Telltale Games and also wrote Star Wars Rogue One and whatnot. So, I mean, great talent was on this game very early on. Then it seemed like they kind of handed it off to two other writers. Um, one of them is Todd Stashwick, who's an actor, um, and he's kind of been Amy Hennig's right-hand man going back to the original version of Uncharted 4. I think he was originally going to play like Sam Drake in that version and whatnot, you know? Mm. Um, and then Allison Reimer, who's a, a writer from the world of TV. So it's two people primarily writing this game who haven't had a lot of experience writing games, but I'm just fascinated by that journey of like a team in Tokyo saying, we want a more authentic character, a person who's quippy, who's more real, a little more Nathan Drakey. Let's get Mrs. Nathan Drake herself, Amy Hennig. And then that just leads to like this weird snowball effect where then it's just filter through filter through filter of like, okay, we have a Japanese team in Tokyo making this game. And then we have a couple of white writers who are writing this perspective of a young black woman in New York. And then she's going to be performed by a British woman. Um, it just feels like it's going through all of these filters and the end result doesn't feel, doesn't have that real natural quality, which was the original goal. Cause that's just, that's too many passes to go through to have something feel human and real by the end of it. So it just ends up being kind of empty and hollow quips uh, at worst throughout this thing. But I think it's a fascinating journey for a, a game's writing process to take. Uh, Kyle, uh, anything we haven't covered on Forspoken yet? I mean, would you recommend uh, it to anybody? You seem like the quietest, even though you're the only one who's finished it. Yeah. Um, that's the tricky thing, because it's like... Would I recommend it? That's like such a simple question, because it's I it would come with qualifiers, because like, there's a lot of things that are just sort of like, are just baseline okay about it, that you're not going to get excited about, except for the parkour. Like, I liked, ultimately, the story. I liked the conclusion. I liked the ending. I liked huh. the beats along the way. But it's like, they were... They're not things that are going to, like, stick with me for a long time. They weren't these, like, big epiphanies of, of character or anything like that. It was just, like, decently executed throughout. So it's kind of like... 
I mean, that's like what that seven five score is. It's like it's it's okay, it's fine, you know. Which is like a boring sort of criticism, frankly. But that's what the game is. It's like a a bunch of mediocre things with good parkour. Yeah, and a weird development saga behind it. Yeah. Um. That the opening really made me laugh. It is so weird <laughs> like starting out weird. in new york yeah. and then she's just like squatting in this apartment and there's like a tv in the apartment that looks like it's from like 1958 and she has like I a big too. i was like man where would she have even gotten that I like, know. You can't, like it that... was there when she moves in and yeah i don't know we've had that happen. maybe that's maybe that's true i don't know i mean but t- you're more likely to find like an hd flat screen i know i know in some out. old house there was an old dresser in my apartment that i moved into in san francisco but it okay. wasn't that old okay all right yeah but then like her she, having like to be to be fair she did have a copy of alice in wonderland in case you were confused about the metaphor <laughs> that they were going for it's so five I mean, minutes literally she sits down even though she says even though she says that she's like alice in wonderland right now and she literally actually the more the more damning uh, thing than the dialogue clips honestly is just it's it's very it's a very transparent game like even the little girl who steals your cell phone it's like well i know exactly why this character's here (laughs) i know exactly (laughs) why she has her cat like no no one shows up in her life that doesn't serve a very sort of predefined character purpose the refusal of the call is just like hammered in so hard but by the end i actually think it earns how much she was against you know being the hero okay i i i hope i keep playing this i just i'm fascinated I have by good it. news for you you are 100 in control on whether or not you keep playing it. I actually I was, it's hey you can take the jeffman approach or you can take the kylo approach it's not it's not super long. Yeah, like in I know, a way, in, a, I know. in which I say like politely, and a thing I like about it is like I actually went into the review kind of scared. I was like, "Ooh, Square Enix action RPG, here we go!" And then I was like watching credits at like fifteen hours, and I was like, "I want to have this review turned on in plenty, turned in in plenty of time." That's all <laughs> you care great. about is your free time, you monster. Um, I, I should mention, yeah, PC and PS5. I was playing on PC, and it was rough um not very well mm. optimized is the takeaway that said uh it got a lot smoother when i stopped streaming but like i was running it in 1080 on a 3080 and it couldn't stream and play the game at the same time like on medium settings I was like, what is mm. happening um it was better when I, I stopped streaming and whatnot but that was alarming so maybe it's more Streamlabs's fault but it's not it is not running great on PCs out there, which is a real it's, bummer. It's, it ain't buttery smooth on a PS5. Either. Oh, really? Even, even in like performance mode, it's it's like barely getting the job done. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Final tip in accessibility. Maybe Jeff, when you've done this, you can actually turn on an option to just auto pick up everything. Mm. Go turn that on. Also, there's a verbosity slider as well. So you can turn it down when people talk, which you can turn it up, apparently. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. That'd be like the first round of Trivia Tower. That was an inside joke for people who watched that episode. Uh, All right. Uh, There's this other game that came out uh, that I am so curious about. Genuinely, uh, Fire Emblem Engage, the new Fire Emblem game on the Nintendo Switch. Janet's um, sitting up straight and proper because she's ready to unload all of her thoughts on this thing. I, I haven't played this thing yet, but just Jeff and Janet, you've both played Fire Emblem Engage? Started it at least? Yeah, I'm four hours in. Jeff, how much have you played of it? I'm 14 hours in. Oh Jeez, my god, Jeff, man, I'm swinging. You're like going in on these games. I've been playing some games. Pro Jeff gamer Jeff for 2023. All right, well. Janet, you can't tell me that. You beat every single game. You- <laughs> but you're on pace to like 
reach heights no. that I've only I haven't dared dream of. No, this um, is this is straight up a competition between you two this year. Let's see who can play more games, Janet or Jeff. Let's see who the real real no, gamer it's super is. Won't be a no, I think it's a competition, Jeff. I think it's a competition. Um, Jeff, have you played other Fire Emblem games? Like, what's your Fire Emblem I have not. background? No. Okay, so this both first timers. Ooh, okay. interesting. Okay. Um, I, I am curious about Fire Emblem Engage. We talked about it a little bit last week um, just because, you know, I really enjoyed Martin Rabbit's Works of Hope. And so I think maybe I can get into strategy games in a, in a bigger way than I have before, uh, turn-based strategy. Um, and then I heard with this one that the story is kind of de-emphasized for the sake of some really good combat. Um, and that sounds good, not to just have to, you know, hit buttons rapidly and get through all these cutscenes and stuff. Is it everything I want it to be? Uh, Jeff, I'm in particular, how are you feeling about this thing? Um... It's, I mean, I'm really confused <laughs> having, have, as I was playing it, I was wondering, like, how does this really compare to other Fire Emblem games? And what does it say about Fire Emblem fans? Because I'm, I'm sure there's less story in this one. Yeah. There's still plenty of cutscenes. Is that right? Plenty okay. of dialogue. But I at least, I, I at least want to hope that the di- you want to talk about Real. bad dialogue yes. in the game. Here we yes. go. Let's yes. go. Like, how is this not every single clip? That's exactly on what Twitter? I'm saying. Like, do people play a lot of games? I don't want to name any country in particular, but uh maybe there's a certain country where these games come from where, yeah, the dialogue is mind-numbingly hey, bad. There's plenty of bad stuff coming out of here. No doubt. No doubt. Someone clip what. what Hansen just said. It's true. See, I've been masking your cancel. But I've not seen a single person say Fire Emblem Engage dialogue is embarrassing writing not a single person out well, there well it's know? the it's the jrpg anime effect which i feel like and i was talking to my boyfriend about this that he's like i feel like people telling you that does it a service to both of those genres of media where a lot of times when i do have these complaints which jeff i'm you know you go ahead and get into it but people will just say well that's because it's anime that's what anime is and then when i tell people that well i guess i hate anime because all of it sucks because y'all told me ooh, every ooh. bad writing i've ever heard <laughs> is because it's anime which i know is not true like i've consumed I've consumed good things from everything, so but that is the pushback <laughs> that right. people usually say. But but right. Jeff, how does the the story hit for you so far? Without getting into I guess spoilers, I guess. But yeah, it's the story is terrible. Okay. It's it's just like so straightforward, like uber stereotypes of characters. There 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 are certain characters in the game where it's like. Every single line of your dialogue is reinforcing the one sentence idea yes. of who you're yes. supposed to be yes. as a character. Yes. And, and just and like I'm I'm more than happy to play this game for the combat and for all the systems because I think all that stuff is great. So I don't need a story, but one of the things as I've been going on chapter to chapter is it's made me actually want a better story because the premise is kind of interesting in that like there's these five different countries and they're, they all border on each other and they all have different relations with one another. And there's been wars in the past and stuff, but like at least where I am so far, chapter 10 or whatever, there's, there's absolutely no intrigue there whatsoever. Like you play as the divine one and you, every place you go to, you're like, hello, I'm the divine one. And then they grovel and they're like, Oh, I love you so much. The divine one. Can I maybe please come with you? This oh, I, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a burden to you though. Oh no, you won't be a burden. I actually really like you. And I want you to come this with me. Like, and there, there's just like, no, you know, like I want some backstabbery or, you know, like right. I want some game of Thrones level. Like I want any kind of decision-making whatsoever would be, would be nice. And I, I feel like that's something 
people talk about this series as like having interesting decisions. Is is that not like one of the one of like the core things of of Fire Emblem? Well, I think Kyle, have you ever played one of these games? <laughs> uh, I played Three Hopes, the Dynasty Warriors one. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, I mean, well, I think it's a lot of like, yeah, you find your waifu and stuff. And I think that's kind of the situation. Or like three houses, like you choose the house that you start with, and which is a big deal. Like those types of things, from my outside perspective, at least. Seems like is the yeah. thing. Yeah. So, so like, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it says about the game that it, that it actually, I've, there's enough, I guess there's enough story there that it makes me want like a better story or more interesting interactions but but the thing i guess the the best thing i can say character wise is i do i do care about all my characters and i do like a lot of those characters but it's a hundred percent gameplay it yep. all comes Nothing from like that. Yep. battle after battle like you have characters in clutch moments that pull through for you and they'll just like torch someone way across on the other side of the battlefield with like a giant fireball. And it's like, you are a badass. I'm putting you in my party every time. I love you now. Princess Saline, whose name should be Celine because that's oh, yeah. how it's written, but it's got the little accent over the E. So we're going to all call her princess Saline. Like <laughs> Saline isn't the, isn't another word. And it's just, I don't know. So good game. The the systems are great, and, okay. and I like I like this. Jeff literally I like this. has become me. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like I like the I like this brand of tactics. It's a it's a different tactics game than I'm used to. I I don't know that I've ever played a tactics game where you have like twelve people on the battlefield that you're controlling all at one time. Right, and there's like twenty enemies, and you're just like running through and kicking ass with every single one of your characters every single turn like that's all very satisfying stuff all the emblem like spirit you know your your spirit animals are coming Cause, out because you're like popping out you. into like previous heroes you got like marth and ike coming out and fighting yeah, you, you engage your emblem hence fire yes. emblem engage which yes. you know and they looked at me dead in the eye when they told me i was like i got you i guess you put that down i see yeah. it like all all that stuff is super cool and I'm and I'm really enjoying that that aspect of it. Yeah. Janet, I assume you're roughly in the same camp. I mean, you're not a huge strategy person, but you're digging it as well. Yeah, I've been slowly getting more into the strategy genre. You know, I've played um obviously the Mario Plus Rabbids games. I played a bit of Overland and I usually dabble mm. in like these titles when they pop up. Like last year was or two years ago, maybe Wildermyth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um mm. So I'll, I'll start like in the opposite direction of, of that Jeff I'm did and I'll go with just the combat. Yeah, four hours in, um, the combat's great. I think this is a really comfortable entry point. Obviously, okay. you know, I don't know, I don't recognize like all the characters except for me being like, oh, that's the guy from Smash Bros, right? Yeah. Like I'm yeah. that person. Well, then the good but news too is that there's 400 Fire Emblem characters in Smash. So you probably recognize a lot. It's like Robin, Lucina, like you got them. You got I the was idea. like, oh, you know, Schmitty. I was like, oh yeah, of course. Who could forget? But, but genuinely, like I don't feel oh my god, I don't know Fire Emblem, like the world of Fire Emblem. That part's fine. And combat-wise, I think they do an excellent job onboarding the player with the tutorialization, the way they just map everything out, um, is really easy to comprehend. And I say that specifically in comparison to a game like Octopath or... Um, there was the other one that wasn't Octopath. What was that game called? Triangle Strategy. Live Alive? Yes, Triangle Strategy. I tried playing that, and I could do it, but it felt like I was... 
I had to like think at this may sound dumb, but I had to like think at such a deep level, even in those early, early interactions. And I was like, I don't get it. And I and I was struggling to just even get through the game. And I, I didn't really understand because I have a baseline understanding on how, like, you know, they're trying to teach me. And I just felt like I wasn't succeeding at what they wanted me to do. While in Fire Emblem Engage, I feel like it's far more approachable um, in comparison to like those titles I just named. Like I was able to get what I need done. They give you like so many different characters. I think they do a great job bringing in slowly bring in new enemy types and kind of explaining okay well have this person do this all right this is teaching you this piece of information they're going to attack after so you want them to go for stuff like that i think the ebb and flow of that is very well done and while there's lots of tutorial text on screen it's not too text heavy in one piece of information i think they roll it out in a way that's very easy to absorb so like to jeff's point even though you are controlling so many people and it's like my turn takes like 10 12 minutes because i'm like that's so weird all the permutations like i really enjoy that planning i enjoy the combat i even like stuff like um i think the environmental aspect especially as someone that's kind of a a basic strategy person is slowly waiting into the genre is really rich like even in one of the first like for real you're on your own battles where there's like it's pretty simple, but it's like there's a broken bridge and I'm like, oh, man, I went the wrong way because like this part's not done. So I got to loop everyone around and I kind of split the party in half. And I'm like, OK, y'all are going to take this side. And then I'm thinking of like, how can I sort of, you know, get the most out of my turn? And then there's like you there's uh, an element of um, I forgot the name for this, like longtime fans will know. But it's like the rock, rock paper, scissors kind yeah. of aspect of you have like a sword and it's good against a spear or whatever a spear yeah. or that, i'm again i'm butchering it but that's kind of a big aspect of weapon triangle, weapon triangle. Thank you, yes thanks crow boy um learning that and being able to pull that up at will and kind of be like okay well then i'm gonna have this guy do this like yeah. i love that aspect of it and i think they do a, a great job at onboarding the player yeah. into a, mecha- a a layered mechanic system here's here's my question yeah. um i'm i'm a sicko and what's okay. intriguing about this game is <laughs> I, I'm not good at strategy games, but I like permadeath. So like for XCOM, ah. like XCOM, I'll play easy, but permadeath. I think Janet was offended by that. I like it. <laughs> it's I, just like it's weird to be like I'm a hardcore casual. Like it's just odd. it is. Yeah, I I want to feel consequences, but to not lose constantly. I guess is is the weird line I like to walk. And so the weird thing is, I hear yeah. you could rewind everything in yeah. this game, where it's like you I, can have permadeath but rewind it. So like, what's the point? I I was gonna bring that up. It's it's such a weird thing, but I I. I think it's great that it's in the game. You yeah. get a, you get a crystal that you can access anytime from the the start menu and just rewind as many steps as you want in like in the turn order. Weird. And then continue from that point. But it's it's great for learning the game and for like you'll just make mistakes or things and it's like man, I wish I could redo that. And it, it just gives you that option. It just yeah. says like, yeah, sure. Go for it. If you, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if you actually get that in, if you're playing permadeath or if you're playing mm. on the higher difficulties, the higher difficulty has a limited amount of times you can use it, I believe uh, like, or, okay. or I might be, again, I might be misspeaking, but it's either limited or, and I don't know how many skate, how many levels above what I'm playing it has, but it's either like limited or you can't use it. Like, but the one that has infinite is the, the basic kind of, what do they call it? Like, I don't know. They don't call it normal mode, but they call it like... Weapon triangle. I don't know what it's called, but it is weird they don't have an easy mode in the game, though. They only have like normal and then like eight hearts. And I'm like, where's the easy? Weird. But I don't know. It's I didn't find it too taxing to do um, just baseline. Like, I think you should go into it if you're interested yeah. in it. You can always just play it your own way, too. You could just do per- like, well, if it's permadeath, I guess you don't have as many turnbacks anyway, so... 
I guess it'd be fine. I yeah. mean, it's not what I'd recommend, but if it's what you enjoy, it makes sense for you to play it that way. It feels more yeah, no, like real life. No one's forcing you to use that crystal Hansen. Yeah, I know, but just, just knowing it's there, it's like, yeah, you can play Forza, not rewind, but it's like, come on. If they're giving me the power, I can't resist that. <laughs> but it is limited rewind, yeah, so it's okay. not just going to totally save your life. But Sure. But you, could yeah, just, only... you could just use it all at the beginning of every match. So that you don't have any, and then actually start. That's actually, Um, it actually, it also lets you truly commit to murdering someone on your team because it's like, well, I could rewind it, but I'm going to commit to this. Ooh, so it's doubling down. Some of these people need to be like, uh, like, I can't wait to get, and I don't know where things go. And Jeff, I'm sure you already have this because you're farther along, but that healer you first get, that annoying little girl, I was like, you're cut. You're cut immediately. As soon as I get someone who can do your job, please, because to Jeff's point, you nailed it with the, their one, description someone wrote dialogue completely around it where it's like oh hi i love you so much like i'm the high-pitched little girl and i'm the kind of nerdy guy who has the same personality but it's a little different you know it's like uh like so many of these characters suck some of them are cool like by design and by like kind of little attitudes but um yeah narratively it's not really hitting, but I'm hoping hoping it like kind of grows on me a little bit more. Sure. And I like the sim elements, but I do I'm waiting for them to be fleshed out more, which to people's credit, that's kind of what three houses excelled at. So I I know I might not get as much of that stuff, but things like being able to, you know, get um I guess not recruit, but like you can get animals like from different realms to go to your like little home base world. Um but yeah, as far as writing oh, By the I mean, way, something you can also do in Forspoken. All right. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I like animals. I fan animals. Um, they do have a brother and sister named Frame and Clane, and that's like once that happened, I could not keep it together no, for the rest of good. my playthrough. It sounds because good. Because I'm like, that's so stupid. Like this is so. But again, maybe if the at the end they say it's meant to be dumb, mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll all be okay. Yeah. But I do want to keep playing. I am a little intimidated by the length of the game, however. But the mechanics hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fire Emblem Engage. I'm curious to hear uh, hardcore fans and their thoughts. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage, let me see. Uh, something interesting is apparently this is like the first one in a while that's fully developed by Intelligent Systems, like Three Houses with like a split with Koei Tecmo co-developing it and whatnot. Um, looks like Polygon has a story that Fire Emblem Engage is 30 to 50 hours long. So that's that's intense, but that's cool. That's cool. I don't know what I expected. Um, all right, Jeff, thank you for doing the Lord's work and playing every game under the sun out there, man. And sledding. So there you go. <laughs> and doing everything we ask of you, Edmund Max here. Um, do you want to go rest up and play some more Forspoken by giving us one solid, cool clap? Absolutely. Eat shit, f***er. Sarah Pazorski, welcome to the show. Hello. Hope you weren't waiting too long to jump in here magically. Um, and you should know, no, Sarah. No, it's just instant. It is instant. Um, and you should all know that Jeff was referencing Forspoken. He wasn't actually mad at us with the vile things he said on the way out the door. <laughs> Just to be very clear. Um, speaking of vile things, um, we're not in community questions yet, but uh, Catherine Gilbert wrote in on Patreon, Sarah, and they have a question mm-hmm. for you. And they say, Sarah, please explain what happened in Viva Pinata to everybody. <laughs> okay. Well. So here, a little, little setup. Uh, let me interrupt Sarah before she explains everything. Um, new show overflow where every time there's a fifth Tuesday of the month, we revive a rejected idea from new show plus, and then we record it. And so one of the rejected ideas that, um, broke the world record for the lowest number of votes was Sarah playing Viva Pinata. No, it did very well. It just didn't quite win. And so, uh, then for new show overflow, Sarah streamed Viva Pinata, which a game 
which I feel like everyone's been screaming at Sarah, like, this seems exactly like your cup of tea, like raising cute things in a garden. That's kind of your MO. Um, and did you go in skeptical, Sarah? Or what was your attitude going into Viva Pinata? I guess, like, I always had, like, a vague idea of what I thought Viva Pinata was. Right. And I thought it was just a game where, like, you know, you kind of just collect little pinatas and they live happily on your little pinata farm. And you, like, I don't know. I thought that you just kind of, like, tried to collect all of them. And, like, and then I started to play the game and I didn't realize it was some kind of weird, like, breeding program (laughs) where you have to collect all the pinatas and then get them in the mood for a little romance dance as they call it and you have to give them like romance chocolate like it is it's a you can give them romance candy to put them in the mood um which is definitely not suspicious at all right right you have to like fulfill certain requirements and then you know they'll do a little dance and they'll have uh, the stork will bring the baby but there's like there's like a quote unquote sex mini game even though it's you like oh, running a well, maze I mean, like, you have to it's it's this this entire experience was jarring like you'll have yeah. to forgive me because i just experienced this last night and i'm still like reeling a little bit from it <laughs> where like they put you into this little like top-down maze as the pinata right and you have to work your way around explosives to get to your partner Who's like, oh, come and get me. Like, <laughs> like come over here. And you're like crawling through the trenches as the mines are exploding around you. And you're like, give me that romance. See, this is good game. Writing. And then you have the baby. And then you're like, what's the point of the baby? And then sometimes you have to feed the baby to other pinatas so they can do romance dances. I Okay, this is the part that was confusing because I kept checking into the stream and then I also edited it to put it up on YouTube and stuff. And every time I checked in, you were confused and you were saying something like, Wait, so Kelsey has to eat Jeffum, and I was like, "What? What is this game? Do I not remember this well?" So I got I got my two worms, and I named them Ben and Jeffum, and then they had a child <laughs> named Bethum. Of course. But then it so and then Kelsey was a bird pinata, but in order for Kelsey to do her romance dance, she had to eat a worm. So then we had to vote on who they would eat if it would be Ben, Jeffum, or Bethum. Yeah. And we had to sacrifice. It was Bu Ben. No. Ben, they voted for you to die. No. Uh, but it's okay because Bethem got in a fight with Jeffum and killed him. <laughs> what? Really? So we just fed him to the other bird anyways? Yeah. It, it's insane. This game is absolute insanity. Do you like it? I feel like I like it, but it's almost more like a like an RTS industrial complex of pinata breeding. <laughs> because like in order to make money, you can sell the pinatas. Right. So you're just trying to figure out what the easiest way to like make more pinatas is so you can sell better pinatas for more profit. Interesting. I like and it. And I wish it was a little more relaxed. You know, I wish it was more like Harvest Mooney where I didn't have to sell my pinatas and like force them into to breed so I could take the babies and then feed them to other pinatas. <laughs> it, it just feels like a vicious cycle, but it's so cute. It, it is. Looks, it still looks good. It's so cute. Yeah. Like if you would have played Viva Pinata in 2006 when it came out, like I feel like it'd be up there for you raving about it. Like why don't they make games like Viva Pinata anymore? I think I was surprised. I was like, okay, like Xbox Showcase, they're going to bring back Viva Pinata. Obviously, <laughs> they didn't. So it's completely disappointing to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. But Redfall, Sarah, run, don't walk. Um, okay. There, there's another game that we should talk about that's a little more pressing than Viva Pinata, but you can check out that archive. But by the way, do you want to keep playing it, Sarah? Where are you at with that? I honestly, in my Discord today, I was like, should I keep playing Viva Pinata? Should we? I know, <laughs> I know this is antithetical to the concept of new show overflow, but should we put it in the poll for new show plus to see if we should continue the new show overflow option? Oh, Viva Pinata? Yeah. 
Huh? I don't know. I I don't know. Okay. I, Again, just to be clear, it's a game you like, but the idea of putting it in the <laughs> poll you don't know about? Well, because I'm like, I'm wondering, like, should I just play it on my own channel? Oh. We don't have to make people vote for it. We could just give it to them. No, Sarah, no, don't. You can't do it. You can't do it. We got to make people choose. New Show Plus is all about cutthroat decisions, just like Viva Pinata Lifestyles. <laughs> um, anyways, hey, there's this other game that uh, we played a preview build of. Not Sarah, but I know Sarah was interested in this game. So I hope you don't mind sitting tight and checking this out through our words. Um, but Chia. Chia T C H I A is a game uh, that Kyle and Jen and I played. Sarah, you, you didn't play this, did you? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, this is the game that looked a little bit like a Zelda, like a Wind Waker. We talked about it before. You run around the, on these islands and hovering around, but then also you can take control of any object, object or like turn into any animal. Um, and it's a weird indie open world project. Kyle and Janet, am I am I correct in your read? I think I saw from your tweets. Are you both red hot on this thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hot on it. Pretty hot. Kyle, are you red's red hot? Red's a little too hot. Yeah, red, hot red's it. a strong color, but I, I definitely went in with like realistic expectations of like, you know, it seems ambitious or kind of going for Breath of the Wild thing. It's an indie game. And then spending time with it, I was like, I like this. Like I it 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 uh, went over my expectations which maybe I set too low. Maybe that was my mistake. But um, I, yeah. what I played, like an hour, two hours or so, like I was intrigued and uh, I'm interested in playing more. Yeah, and it's wild. So it's a developer called Awa Keb. Awa Seb? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. But it's a team of nine people. So I definitely had that expectation as well where I was kind of poking around the edges of lot, Like, okay, I'm turning into a boar, but if I jump down this hill is it going to be like a really jank animation it's like oh no they animated the boar like tumbling down a hill and that was kind of the biggest thrill i think is just it had a lot more of kind of an immersive sim appeal than i was expecting we're like right out of the gate for at least this preview build which i don't think is the start of the game they throw you in there and it's like okay i'm starting out and i'm going to take control of a cup and then i'm just going to start rolling down a river or now i'm going to be a dog and just dig around or now i'm going to be a radio and throw myself into the ocean it has a much more of a immediate sandbox style uh of the gameplay yeah. than i was expecting but i i really was impressed too uh janet what stuck out to you for chia yeah, similar to Kyle, um, my big hesitation going into this, because I love the look, like when they, I think they've showed it on a couple showcases, PlayStation being one of them, because yeah. it's going to be a PlayStation PC via Epic Game Store, um, was just like, what's the feel going to be? Because mm-hmm. I've played so many games um, that look good, but then when you like get your hands on the sticks, you're like, oh, it doesn't feel right. I think that they nailed the feel pretty well. Like, I think it controls really well. And again, it sounds very rudimentary to even be talking about this, but in a game that's open world to any degree and, and so sandboxy i felt really nervous about that yeah but getting around the island it works well the jump it's a it's a smidge floaty with a little bit of added weight to kind of compensate for that but it it totally works it's comfortable the glide works and the flow between i think what's most impressive is the flow between being the girl who's named chia and soul jumping is the name for the mechanic where you can kind of go into the body of a, a boar or a cup or a piece of bread or whatever it goes so smooth and it yeah. has a little bit of a slowdown when you do it. So you can really just like go from bird to flying to falling to gliding. And it all works just really well. Um, and aside from that, like that was first impressions. And then the thing that really sold me on it and got me even more excited than the trailers I saw were just how fun it is to go around and do those things combined with how much 
care and thought went into all the little details of the game. Like it has like a Last of Us style ukulele where it has the different right, notes right. and you can bend the note and you can you can strum up or down. And like that's so specific. Um, and even like with the camera that you eventually get, like you have to change. You don't go through filters. You change the film in the camera and to develop them, you have to go to like a place where you develop the film that's to so get cool. the pictures. And like you can there's like so many cool things from like older games too. Like you can play a song and change the time of day, or you can play a song and grow a spring platform and then you can leap off of it. Then you can do a flip in the air as you're going through. Like there's so much fun little stuff that, in that's here. That's a thing. That like, I, I loved it. Yeah. Immediately like climbing a tree. It has like Mario 64 level tree climb. It's like, okay. I'm immediately on board just with this little aspect. And it feels like a really smart game of there. I'm still, I didn't do many of the objectives. I just kind of played around for a while. I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking out the full build. But I don't want to spoil myself. But it is like all the ingredients are here. And I think for an indie team, especially like messaging wise, um, I feel like they're nailing it. They have a little presentation at the beginning of this demo just to like, like set up where they're coming from, where the game's coming from. And I feel like it's just like the perfect example of an indie team. I feel like messaging really effectively with this thing. But I'm still, despite all the positivity, I'm like, I don't know how this is all going to kind of combine into the overall system of the game here i don't know how it's going to actually stack up yeah. when i have objectives to go beat to beat like is it going to be is the bloom gonna be off the rose pretty quickly for like yeah it can be a coconut but how fun is that for three oh, hours it's super you know? fun. <laughs> like, well, it's fun at first it is fun at first i don't know you know i mean ob objective wise it's kind of structured to be a little fetch questy with yeah. a mix of light puzzles. Um, so like one example of, and I think this was an optional objective, but you need to get some eggs. And like, I already knew how to do that because I had been a chicken. And like when you're the animals, you have like different little things you can do. Like a dog can dig in the ground or a bird can poop on people um, or a cow can poop. Poop comes up a lot. Like it's like they were not <laughs> a kind of, they don't come up with that many different things the animals can do, which the I do wish they had a little poop. more of. Yeah. But um, they have like the chicken can lay eggs. So it's like, okay, I I sold jump into the chicken. I lay an egg. I become the girl. I pick up the egg. Boom. I have the egg. And that's kind of the general flow of how the objectives work. So you're either like going somewhere to get a thing like, oh, meet your friend. And you can kind of stay on the map where she's at and you can head over there. I think the traversal too is very like easy to get around despite having stamina it doesn't feel limiting like right. at all yeah um, well at least for, for where they put us the as far they put us you know in this demo at least maybe the start of the game yeah. it is a lot more punishing we don't really know but, but yeah like, for you know, sure just soul jumping into a bird to like get over that giant hill to, you know to get over the mountain back yeah. to that house so you can slaughter a chicken uh you know that's a good time Did <laughs> you guys cool. see that cutscene? yes that scene was wild <laughs> um it was so dark and weirdly funny where they like have this moment where they they're like, oh, well, we need the chicken dead. And then they like just cut its head off, like off camera. And then it's standing there without a head on. And they're like, it'll just take, like, just give it a second. And it's so funny and weird. But to that point, they also have like some really fun setting stuff. Like they have a setting that is sort of turn off any dark stuff kind of for like little kids. They're, like we, all, really? we want little kids to be able to play this. That's so cool. like if you want to turn off the very bit of kind of violence or like darker. So I'm guessing maybe that scene might be different if you I turn that slider so, yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but like little stuff like that, I'm like, y'all thought so deeply about so many little things in this game. Yeah, I, I'm excited to, to see what it ends up shipping like. But yeah, Chia is the name of this thing. And they said, what, early 2023, we don't have an exact exact date on this thing. But I, I'm definitely curious to play more. Even after seeing yeah. this little bit, it's like, oh, maybe I should have put this on my most anticipated list. Because I'm, I'm really curious how this thing's going to actually turn out. But it, based on playing it, it seemed cool. Uh, hey, Sarah. I know this isn't yes. exactly your cup of tea being a PC girl and all, 
Um, yeah. And so I know you're wading into dangerous waters, but um, you won it during the cozy holiday feast fair and square. So we should probably talk about this Sony wireless edge controller uh, yes. that Sony shipped us and that uh, you got to check out. Um, this is like the high end PS5 controller with a lot of customization options and all that stuff. Um, first, first party, right? From first Sony? party is all hell, which I was looking like they didn't make a PS4 high end controller first party, did they? So yeah, it's yeah. it's telling. Here's a cool little egg pod it comes in. Janet, do you have one of these things? Oh my god, hang on. She's... Sorry, I had my fan on because it got really hot in my room oh. and I had to mute myself for it. Uh, no, I don't have one. Yet. Oh, you were um, reaching was, for it. <laughs> totally. I know she reached. I was going to reach in and grab my PS3 <laughs> controller that I have to have. Oh, that's so much funnier. Ooh. No. Nice. Uh, they didn't send me one, and I think it might be a little too rich for my blood and my gaming style. Yeah, but I'm excited like, to hear about it. It's That's like two hundred bucks. Right? Um, yeah, and all you know what? I'm a simpleton. It's you know what? If you're really into shooters, it's made for somebody like you. You know, like I, as somebody who's not into high end shooter gameplay, I, I understand this isn't for me. All I really want is like, yeah, you know what? I don't mind having the little triggers on the back. It's cool to have like L3 and I R3. I like them. Yeah? I went for like the short little ones. What'd you go for? So did I. The yeah, other ones were too big. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're clunky. But it's nice to have like L3 and R3, I think, on those instead of pressing mm-hmm. in on the sticks. But all I really mm-hmm. want is like, I want this thing to be heavy as hell. And it's like slightly heavier it's, than the PS5 controller. You can barely tell yeah, it's, that it's heavier than that. You can't tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the other bummer is to get those out of the way first is the battery life. I know it came out before, but yeah, it's like mm-hmm. the PS5 controller is 12 to 15 hours and then this is apparently 5 to 10. Ooh, like, God, that's pretty well, low. That's significant. Yeah. Did you like, find yourself okay. when, when y'all were playing with this? Like, yeah. did you find yourself like having to switch controllers because it died? Like, I don't know your cadence of... Play yeah. versus charge. I just, I messed around, I downloaded, re-downloaded like Gran Turismo 7 and uh, Horizon and messed around with it a little bit in there, but I didn't even play the five hours to that point. But it's like, I'm so close to the TV, it's not the biggest deal, but it'll still probably be my default, you know, PS5 controller. Like, you know, I, I'm that close to the TV where charging it isn't uh, the end of the world or anything. Sarah, what do you think about this thing? It has, it sure has a lot of buttons on it. It does. That you could press uh, if you needed to press buttons. Correct. Um, but other than that, okay. if you put this in my hand, yeah, like blindfold, I would not be able to tell you if this wasn't just the base controller. <laughs> Even with like without the little thingies on the back. Well, I'd be like, what are these little thingies? But like, if I was just playing casually, yeah, I don't think I would tell the difference. Like, it's nice that you can set how much you want to push the knobs on the back down. Which is interesting. Yeah, so they have like the depth, so you can make it really shallow. Mm-hmm. So for the L two and R two, you don't need to press them that much. But then that also kind of like defeats the purpose of like the resistive triggers for L2 and R2 on the PS5. So you're cutting that out entirely if you do that. But I'm sure I'm sure there are cases where people will want to do that and stuff. And it's like a little bit glossier down here and whatnot. I like that the touch screen is textured. Yep. It has a nice like texture of all the PlayStation buttons on it. Also L2 and R2, so they're also cool. they're textured. That feels alright. But it, yeah. it was not um you know if you're really into shooters, I feel like maybe you'd have that moment of like this is a must have but for me, it's like, yeah, it's a cool little thing, but 200 bucks. Make your own call, everybody. Sarah, is that it for controller review time? Yeah, like I don't three know. That's three regular. That's three, uh, what's, uh, I'm trying to think of the word for not pro. <laughs> what's what's not pro? Is that an amateur? That's Boring. like three amateur PlayStation 5 controllers. Yeah. Is that right, Jen? Is it, it feels like we're, are we running like, out of places like to put buttons on controllers? Like, what's up with that? Why do you guys need, like... We got them all. Like, where else are you going to put... We got buttons here now. There's buttons here now. It's almost three controllers. The controller, I think, is like How many buttons do you people need before you just play a PC game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Sarah, 
we want the things that you have, but I don't want to do the work to get them. So I'm waiting for them to like trickle down. And then I go dumpster diving into PC culture and I soup up my, I'm like, look, the PS5 works well because it has the something something stick and you're like oh i have eight of those in my pc and i'm like yeah but it's a pc so this is like i can put it on by my tv in my living room um kyle are you into like the taller sticks by the way you could like you can change out they're all adaptable so you can put in taller analog sticks and they aren't like uh concave like the base ps5 i'm not good at making those kind of decisions like i have to let a company just make them for me like i don't know if i should have that kind of power I have the Xbox one. I just happen to have it on my desk, and I do. Oh, you do have the do tall thing. My left hand, I do bigger. You free? Right what which is, is like, this? I kind of like that. What are you like but, lopsided uh, or what's going on there? Oh, you got one I'm hand. Just, uh, just a, a insane person, I guess. I don't. Know. I would that's be scary. scared. Yeah, I'd be scared to like get used to that, and then you switch to another controller, and then that's gonna feel off. Like you can't win there, man. But I don't. I yeah, I don't dislike the taller. You know, the taller ones. They're all. It's all magnetized, like the Xbox controller. So right? why do yeah. you have one higher than the other? Like. How did you come to this conclusion? You just did one day trying, to be different? I, yeah, you? I was like, well, I, I should try out these different options and see what I like, and I kind of landed there, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that seems cool. Maybe I'm just trying to be different. I'm just trying to be a hipster, you guys. Yeah. I kind of wish this was... Xbox controller. I wish it was magnetized. I like detaching the things. Like, I have a PC controller. Oh, they're controller. not magnetized? It's not magnetized. No, it's like a weird... pull them out? Yeah, it's like a little clippy system oh. thing. Yeah, the Xbox one's magnetized, which is nice. Yeah, that yeah. seems all right. Uh, here we go. There's a controller, everybody. Um, hey, Sarah, do you know how this whole thing operates? Oh. Hang on, we lost By her. Discord muting everybody and her having to leave. Sarah, Sarah, could you not leave? And could you tell us how this whole thing operates? Is she alive? Can you hear she, her Discord, the Discord muted everyone for her. She put it in the chat. That's why I read that. Oh, so what's she doing right now? Why is she just... She's trying to there? figure out how to fix it while yeah. trying not to show that she doesn't know what's going on for the audience. That's why I came in and set her line for her. But I guess no one picked up on that, so it's okay. We can just keep doing this in a loop. Janet, this is why you're a pro, and we're all just rank amateurs. You'd be like, I don't understand what's going on with Sarah. Why is she not reacting and trying to seem like nothing weird is happening? Um, that's right, Janet and Sarah. It's Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Thank you to everybody for supporting us at any tier. Find the tier that's right for you. Help support independent games media and at the same time unlock some sweet benefits for yourself. Uh, thank you to some of our biggest supporters. You know their name. You love their stuff. I am talking about, of course, the one and only I am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about a Monsters Expedition plus Earlier Adventures, which is available for the Nintendo Switch thanks to iM8Bit. This is an iM8Bit exclusive edition. It is four award-winning unique puzzle games in one. There's a Monsters Expedition, and then Cosmic Express, A Good Snowman is Hard to Build, and Soko Bond. Kyle, they say over 100 hours of unique, no-filler puzzles in a Monsters Expedition plus Earlier Adventures on the Nintendo Switch. How about that? That's a lot. And what if I told you it also comes with an exclusive poster of the full world map from a Monsters Expedition? Also, I'd say you're lying to me. I'm not. That's what they told us. <laughs> uh, also, you can find that vinyl soundtrack for all these games in iMapit's wonderful online store. Help support them because they support us in a big, bad way each and every week. Um, they are absolute champions because uh, this week they are giving away to whoever has the best question Submit it over there on Patreon each and every week. Did you know this, Kyle? If you support us even at the $2 tier, you can submit a question over on Patreon. I think you're lying again. And then I may bit ships out a, pri- a prize for whoever's the best. But whoever has the best question this week, so we really have to be on our game, uh, they win the Persona Royal 
Persona 5 Royal vinyl soundtrack is the best way to put it. Triple soundtrack. vinyl soundtrack. Truly one of the best. So you can win that soundtrack thanks to I Am 8-Bit. Whew, but it can only go to one person whoever's the best question. And of yeah, course... You can be the shapeshifter at Pose Masquerade. Just think of it. People will get some. Someone will get that. Oh, yeah. But also, uh, we should you know that if you go to I'm Bits Wonderful Online Store, you can use the promo code Rabbit Season. Rabbit Season, no space for 10% off everything under $100. Sarah, you ready for some good questions? Absolutely. <laughs> You're such a pro. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Ricky Maru writes in and says, Hello, below are a few examples of games that took a risk but never received sequels. Here, here's what Ricky says, and here's why I want to have an amendment to their question. They say, for each, you decide whether to risk it, give the game another chance with a sequel, whisk it, remaster, remake, or reboot the game somewhere down the line, or nix it, erase any potential for the franchise to return. Cute. I love this. I love that this is like... F. Mary Kill, but yeah. for like video games. Okay. You know, maybe you guys like it. I, I, in my mind, I was like, well, who's ever going to say nix it? Why would you cancel it? Oh, are you kidding? Oh, oh yeah. have you absolutely. met this panel? <laughs> oh, oh, all right. All right. I'm ready to be shocked by negativity. Hit me with it. Uh, okay. Ricky Maru comes in and says, bully. Kyle, you oh. risking it, whisking it, or nixing it? Okay. Which I'm I don't sorry. need to repeat Which one's these rules. the sequel one? I want a sequel. Sequel risk is risk it. it. But do you want risk to change it. it up a lot? Like, do you want to remake it, remaster it? Yeah. I don't, it no, I don't want to remake it or anything. I've, I, I just want to. I think a sequel is the best direction to go with that one. So you're saying risk it, risk it. Yes, okay, risk it. Let me write these down. You please it do. Risk, whisk, and what? Nick. Come on, Kyle. Have you Nix. ever played a Ricky Maru trivia question? Uh, Janet, uh, Sunset Overdrive. Ooh, I'll risk it. As if it's even a risk. Come on, come on now. You love that so game. Good. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's right. That's when you streamed on Xbox's Twitch channel, right? Yeah. That's yeah, so I cool. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, see, this is... Mm, mm. Now I'm weighing in my mind, does does Sarah know this game? Because I'm like, well, of course. Probably this not. seems like a very Sarah game. Then it's like, oh, wait, no, she's anti-Dreamcast for no reason, even though it's her console, just like Viva Pinata is her home game. That's what you say, but it's like, I just never owned one. I know, I know. Can we give Sarah a Dreamcast? I tried, wait. I tried, and she said, Would she say no? Well, <laughs> no, I tried, one, she I tried during Extra Life to get to play one, but I couldn't find one in the Twin Cities with four controllers. What's, wh how'd you play Sonic Adventure and all that? GameCube. GameCube. Which is which is applicable here. The point is, Sarah, Skies of Arcadia. Risk it, whisk it, or oh. nix it. Oh, my God. I love that game. Okay, all right, Absolutely. Good. I you, well, okay, I just want it again. So maybe I would say, what is it, whisk it? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I want them to make it again, but I want it to look nicer. Right. Or just re-release it. Can you imagine if they just mm -hmm. release even, yeah, Skies of Arcadia Legends, that GameCube version. Anything. I'm desperate for that game. I am with you. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Janet, day is gone. What are you doing? Oh, okay. Um, man. Man, this is a spicy one. Let's see. I'm definitely not picking Risk It. That's for sure. Actually, am I? No, I'm not. I think I'm... Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I feel like this is tough because I feel like I'm going against things I've said where uh -huh. I'm like, oh, give it another chance. Yeah, but if I had to chance decide what that studio did next, I'm going to go Nix It. Simply because I'd rather see them try something else. Yeah than to run this back. But if they did make a Days Gone 2, I would absolutely play it just to see, like, I think they could build on what they have, mm. but I'd rather them take the learnings and just create a new world. Which it seems like that's what they're doing and they've been yeah. teasing and whatnot. But, okay. I mean, 
No, yeah, the truth comes out. I didn't even know that about myself, really. And I'm like, I guess I don't want another one. That's the point. Yeah. That's what Ricky gets to your soul about. Yeah. Um, all How right, do you I, know? Kyle, I'm sorry to do this to you. Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing? Yeah. Well, they did already whisk it once for DS. Yeah, that is true. Oh, they did. Well, I, yeah. Look, controversial. I, I don't really have a, lo- a lot of nostalgia or affinity for Diddy Kong Racing. Whoa, whoa, so. whoa. Now, what about if this was a Banjo Pilot situation? Would you change your answer? No, hold on. Okay. Banjo Pilot. I'm thinking to myself, what, what announcement would I... Because I don't think it needs to be next. There's a lot of love for that series, right? You'd hurt a lot of people. I'd hurt a lot of people. But like, what would be a more exciting announcement to me? Diddy Kong <laughs> Racing 2... Or just a remake remaster of Diddy Kong right. Racing. I think a remake remaster yeah. would be more exciting to me. Okay. I think I, that's what I would rather play than a sequel. Yep. So I'm going to go Whisk. Okay. Uh, Sarah, have you ever played The Order 1886? No. Okay, it's a PS4 game. I, I think it'd be a funny one to stream because it's short. Okay, nix it. There we go. Thank you, wow. Ricky Maru. Uh, Aza G writes in and says, Hey, me, Max. Greetings from Australia. Hello. I was wondering how much stock you folks place in developers nowadays in terms of this game will probably be good because of blank developer. When I was very little and naive, I used to think a publisher must mean a game is good. If Ubisoft's name is on the box, it must be good. But nowadays, I even doubt some of my favorite developers when it comes to their upcoming games, such as Redfall from Arcane. What are your thoughts? I remember that when he's like, well, Squaresoft, every Squaresoft game has to be incredible. And then Threads of Fate was a solid 7 out of 10. I mean, I definitely still put a lot. I mean, what else can you go on, really, than their previous work? I guess it's like developer combined with publisher combined with genre. You got to do this certain equation of like, okay, does it seem like they have enough development time? Is the publisher needing to push this out the door? What but do we know? But even that stuff is less important to me than just the developer. Yeah. Like, you know, like I can get excited about, you know, Blank's new game. Gen Design's new game. Rocksteady's new game? the publisher is. Rocksteady's new game. Honestly, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing. If if Suicide Squad was not a Rocksteady game, like then I would it would I would be probably like a zero for me. But the fact that it's Rocksteady means like I will play it the day it comes out, just yeah. because I enjoyed their last game so much. Even if like what everything I know about Suicide Squad isn't particularly exciting to me, the fact that it's Rocksteady is enough for me to like get excited and be hopeful for it. Even then, though, I think this holds true that it doesn't really carry that much weight anymore because, I mean, when we're talking about our most anticipated games... But it was you're, personal. You're, but you were putting like Gotham personal Knights above me. it. You know, I, Ben's I know. like, your opinion on yourself is <laughs> It is true. I, I don't think you're that hyped for Suicide Squad. I do want Days Gone actually. No. Okay. I feel like every time we talked about most anticipated games, you're like, oh, Gotham Knights over Suicide Squad. Where if it was just the pedigree of Rocksteady, you'd be like, I mean, Arkham Knight's the best. It, it, Arkham Asylum is the best. This game's going to be number one. Uh, I see what well, maybe you're he's putting saying. a lot of stock, but it it fails him. But that is a different question. His stock on how much can fails you count him. On it? I think one one developer that I thought of with this question was like Platinum. Of like, I feel like people trying to predict the quality of a Platinum game. Whoever was in that business went bankrupt because it just started like fluctuating. Like, okay, well, there's an A team and a B team, but then there's also a C team, but then sometimes the A transitions to a D, and it's just it, okay. Now it's just platinum is just rolling the dice in a post Babylon's fall world. No one knows what the hell's going on over there. Does I anybody would say post Avatar Legend of Korra world? Yeah, <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, all those all those yeah. gems. I kind of like that Ninja Turtle game though. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, does anybody else have faith just in publisher developer at this point, or is it out the window? No, there's just too many variable variables, yeah. and like there's so much turnover in gaming, especially like 
people like I don't think the people are working there that worked there like five years ago when they no. last released a game. You know, six years ago, seven years ago, it's probably not the same people. Yep, that's especially exactly. Especially in it. some studios. And you know, it, it's relevant to the discussion earlier today of like, oh, for spoken, it's from the fifteen developers. And it's like, well, a lot of the leads left, the director left. You know, how much worth is that Luminous Productions name at this point for Final Fantasy fifteen fans? It's just a mess. Yeah, I think it's a lot more of the franchise. Uh, someone in conjunction with who's developing it, like the next 3D Mario game, I have, I'm pretty confident that's going to be a good game, but that's in both context of who's making it and also the history of that franchise. Because yeah. there's like, you know, I would say Nintendo, but there's plenty of Nintendo games where I'm like, mm, I don't know if you're really going, if you're going to bring it like that, like it's a case-by-case basis. But yeah, I don't, I never believe, I almost never believe someone made this, it will be good. I think FromSoft might be the only thing mm. and even that i'm a little bit like i didn't pick up uh what is it armored core knights of rubicon or something I don't know what it did. oh you didn't Fire pick it up in rubicon, your, right? in knights your wouldn't make any sense um yeah. but yeah like i didn't pick that up in the draft it'll probably score well but like i was a little unsure because it's just like a reboot of a franchise that didn't land very well by the end well yeah also you're forgetting about Kyle, what's the game that you always like to remind people you played and nobody else did? The VR game from From Software? Terrasane. Terrasane. There we go. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like their Terrasane days are over. That's maybe. right. I think mm. you're right. Uh, Drake Heinhorst writes in, and trust me with this, everybody. Um, I'm ask, I'm adding this on to Drake's question. Everybody close your eyes. Except for me, because I have to read this question. Okay. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Eyes closed. Just use the NVIDIA technology. Oh, gross. Uh, Drake says, hey, man, Max, is it weird that I don't know the colors of people's eyes? My wife thinks it's strange that I don't remember the eye colors of those close to me or even my own eyes off the top of my head. I don't think it's a very defining feature. Am I alone? Um, and my wife says, if I go missing, you would need to know this so people can find me. And I responded, <laughs> if the only defining feature left of you when you're found is your eyes, then something terrible has happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jake. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he's I, not wrong. I am kind of with you, Drake, where I don't pay attention to the color of my eyes. I am unclear about my own eye color often. So my question, <laughs> Janet, do you know... Kyle, our eyes yet? no, 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 Janet. Do you know <laughs> Kyle and Sarah's eye color? Hell no, I don't. I'm sorry, y'all. I care about y'all no. a lot. I put you in my cult and cult of the lamb. Yeah, I'm gonna just have to guess that like Kyle's is brown, like a dark brown, and that oh maybe it's not. Damn. And Sarah, a blue? I don't know. I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dating them, so I feel like it's not as bad. To not my know. my. Just like I haven't gazed into their eyes. I would know my wife's eye color though, so he should work on that. Yeah. You yeah. always know that one eye color. Everyone else, that's fine. I got that. A, a glowing red. Uh, but I think my distinction, I guess, is like I photoshopped everybody's <laughs> faces so many times that I feel like yeah. I have a slight advantage. Where it's like I honestly, I wasn't even looking earlier in this podcast. I think Sarah's are blue, and I think Kyle's are green. Is that right? Moment of truth. Do we open our eyes? Sure. But they didn't have to guess anyone else's eyes. I feel like. Oh. Kyle, Kyle's blue. I still can't tell. Yeah, yeah I bluish. Also, wait, kind of I bluish like, is your answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're always like you. You can stare into my eyes, and I feel like they're different colors on different days. I don't know. It's like a mood ring. Everyone. And I, I mean that for more everybody. I about how Ben doesn't know his own eye color. Well, I, 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 you know, um, if I go back and look at the history of my driver's licenses, sometimes I say green, and sometimes I say blue. Um, and now I think my wife has beat into my head like they're blue you idiot I was like I don't know I thought they were like green or like hazel or something it's um, confirmed Sarah your eyes are blue right yeah are yeah they? my eyes are blue okay. okay good and I feel like I should I see a lot of selfies of you so I feel like I've seen your face more right, than else's right yeah and also so, I, yeah. Yeah, I know you go into photoshop and you saturate your eyes a little bit more it's an old selfie trick we, we know all your tricks Sarah me? yeah um, no, I don't Kyle you really don't know yours? <laughs> 
Ben's doing oh, that to our I, pictures. Yeah. I mean, I think it's that. somewhere between blue and green. It just like kind of depends. Do we have the I, same I feel eyes? Like, I feel like we've even talked about this as a family recently and looked all into each other's eyes and being like, kind of like, I don't know. I'm not, I still don't really know. It's not a. You guys got to use that TikTok really filter that like puts the eyes all around your face. Oh, there you go. So you can like yeah. really see the color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. That uh, should be the picture this week. Also. Janet, I, your glasses are making tough brown. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just assume that they are. Well, like, I didn't want to assume. It's kind of like how I'm like, Sarah, I'm guessing blue because you're a white blonde woman. Like, I don't know, probably, right? Probably. <laughs> Good chance. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody, try and think right now at home about your loved one's eye colors. Pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, the Peacock writes in and says, hey, folks, I just picked up the, by the way, Leo? Brown, right? I think. Oh man, I don't They're know. They're the color of Riders Republic before the storm, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> Jeffums Jeffums are brown. They feel brown when you look into that mm-hmm. dark soul. Um I love one of his videos. Yeah, Kelsey and Jacob. Jacob feels brown. Kelsey feels brown. I think so. I, think I don't so. know. I guess I don't. You know, I don't know people's eye colors. I don't it's weird because I can picture their face in my head, but the color is mm-hmm. just not specific enough. To yeah, me. I can't even picture that. Uh, the peacock is definitely brown. Can't okay. confirm. Okay. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, everybody else is brown. I just picked up the Steam Deck and I was curious what your favorite games for it have been. Any suggestions other than Vampire Survivors? This classic question. Um, the answer is Vampire Survivors. I am still playing Dome Keeper every day, and I freaking love that game. I talked about nice. it before, but it's kind of uh, you're mining down in the fields, and it's kind of like a um, tower defense up top, but it's just like a super simple loop, and it's perfect for exercise biking, but. Kyle, you playing anything good oh, yeah, over there? That's so weird. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, you know what I like is um that kind of like three Xbox 360 era of game I really like on Steam Deck. Like I was playing Castlevania Lords of Shadow and like Batman Ooh. Arkham Origins and then also um, Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain, which is, you know, was the next generation. But um, that kind of era of like 3D action game, I feel like is particularly good on steam deck and it, like i really had a good time playing the first couple hours of, of lords of shadow and stuff like that because it's still like the novelty of like look at this planet handheld never could play it this way yeah. before yeah i uh, it's also but it also like it's that era of game that like s- still runs still runs well on the steam deck where if you go much later than that then things start to get a little wishy-washy but like right. lords of shadow runs as well on steam deck as i remember running on xbox 360 probably better you know yeah, I went uh, I went down a rabbit hole recently of well, I played Pocket Card Jockey Ride On, which is Game Freak's sequel to their 3DS horse racing solitaire you, game. You're playing the Apple Arcade version, right? Yeah, now, yeah, so? yeah. Yeah. Um, which I was really tickled by the opening of that game, and then I looked into it. And it turns out it's, it's like the same conceptual opening as a 3DS game. Which do you remember how that game opened, Kyle? It's been a while. I do not remember now. It end, It opens. I don't know how it ends, but Game Freak's horse racing solitaire game. It opens with your character getting kicked by a horse and dying, and then there's like an angel talking to them, and it, it's it's funny. Like for the Apple Arcade version, your main character is like, uh, "Whatever God you represent, I believed in you all the way." Like he's trying to be super defensive to this weird <laughs> angel, and the angel's like, "I will bring you back to life, but you need to fulfill your dreams, and your dreams are." to be the best horse racer in the world. So if you don't do this, you're going straight to hell. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's a cool premise for a game. By the way, Sarah, 8-4 joint, the new pocket card jockey. Pocket for localization. That's right. The thing with like Japan and like horse racing, man, like that's a rabbit hole. There's an entire game of anime girls who are all based off of real thoroughbred horses with real thoroughbred names that do races. And there's a video game and there's an anime of it. Wait, so 
it, hang on. So this is unrelated like, to your pocket horse. I understand but. this. So you have like waifus, but they're like personifications yes. of horses. Yes, they oh are Japanese God. horse. They're they're girls with like Literal Japanese. Horse they got the horse ears, <laughs> but their names they're all based off of real race horses, and they oh have stats similar to the racehorses and like a pedigree. What what are the, what are the stats? It's, like speed and how much? Well, like it's, corn it's like the actual racehorse stats, right? Because they're based off of real horses. So imagine like betting on a horse and then being like, "Here's the anime girl that goes with it." It's like the mascot it's almost I, that I, represents I the I am horse. obsessed with it. I kind of get it. Yeah, it's, like an, it's an inverted mascot situation. Yeah. Where it's like mm-hmm. the okay. human's the mascot. I think that's kind of fun in a twisted way. Uh, but anyways, the point is, and the way this connects to the question, is this sent me down a rabbit hole of, you know, thinking about like, oh, it's wild that Game Freak, in the busiest year I'd have to imagine of their life, seemingly from the outside of releasing two mainline Pokemon games, they were also developing an iOS solitaire horse racing game, Pocket Car Jockey Ride On. Hoarding, um, right, if you want to get technical. Well, no, I think it's a, I think it's a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it is a sequel. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. Well, um, it just it mirrors it in some ways. Yeah, if you have Apple Arcade, for sure. But um, but then it, it had me thinking about Game Freak's past and thinking about Tembo, the badass elephant, which was their game that Sega published in 2015 that Game Freak developed. Uh, we just run around as like a Rambo-style elephant, and it's just a cool platformer. So when I played that on Steam Deck, and I was like, this is this is a perfect Steam Deck game. Tembo, the badass elephant, belongs to the entire time. And do you remember this game, Janet? Have you ever seen this? No, I don't think so. It's very cute. You're like a huge elephant. And as you're dashing around, like it has text pop up on the screen. And the text as you're dashing says like, bada, 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 like the beginning of the word badass, like with each step you take. It's very good. And I just love that Game Freak released a game with. Wait, wait what is this called? And where can I play Tembo, Tembo the... the badass elephant? Uh, it's on Steam and it's on. Uh, it's like on everything. I wonder I if you could play it. I mean, I guess it's if it's on PS4 and Xbox One and whatnot. Uh, but then the other one that it had me think of, and I'm enjoying a little bit more, is called Monkey Barrels, which is a game developed by Goodfeel, who's normally just a Nintendo developer, but they made uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn, Mario Land Shake It, Yoshi's Woolly World, Yoshi's Crafted World. Ooh, Woolly um, World's so good. There we go. I need to play it. I do um, not it's know like this game. it is like the it might be the best like Yoshi game since like the first one. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I need yeah. to play it. But yeah, and then so, Crafted yeah, World, yeah, it starts yeah. off kind of weak, and then it does get better. Like some of those highs are mid to end game, but yeah. it never hits the high of Woolly World. All right, but yeah, so this game Monkey Barrels, it's from that same developer, and so I just love seeing these Nintendo developers doing something different and so it released in 2019 on the switch and then it released on pc last year and it's called monkey barrels and it's you're you play as monkeys in a post-apocalyptic japan that feels very splatoony but it's like twin stick arcadey you're just going level to level and if you like games like robotron or uh smash tv stuff like that but it's just cool to see like the developers of yeah these weird yoshi and kirby yeah, games I've making some twin stick shooter. totally uh, like googling it now it's like yeah this one totally passed me by yeah. played on steam deck let me know what you think um, let's see. Chandler writes in and asks, "Are big games duds more often now?" No. No. There's been duds all the time. Like does, Days Gone. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think you of like what, which when we're actively this. there, we just we it like given time, right? Like we we only remember the sort of the highlights. Yeah. So like you know, it feels like oh man, that was an amazing year for games. All these things came out, but there were a bunch of totally forgettable games that released that year too. Rage two. That wasn't that good. It wasn't a dud because it's like a 73 on Metacritic, but yeah. it wasn't good. It was 67 on That's a good example though. of just kind of like a, a, at the time, like, you know, really hyped, but ultimately kind of forgettable game. It, it, this question made me think of like kind of the, the COVID legacy 
which is going to be a, a, a great game's name at some point in the future. But like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but just, you know, teams having a tough time pulling it together, trying to adjust to work from home. Like, I do feel like there's going to be a ding. It'd be interesting to see graphs of, like, the AAA games if you can see a dip because of just the mad scramble to try and maintain development as everybody's working from home and whatnot and the overall quality of these games. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, yeah, what prompted I don't know. this. I don't, and, I don't see that, man. Like, yeah, we, yeah me either. great games the last couple of years. I mean... Elden Ring was probably developed like a majority of it was probably at home during. Not to mention most indie games only develop at home. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think again, this is going to sound mean. I think some of these games were bad because they were bad, you know, and like maybe they were maybe that became true partway through development due to ideas, due to budget, due to time, whatever the reason is. The game was bad. Like, I think there's always reasoning behind that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think to the question's point, though, we have had a couple sort of in a row, and I think that makes it seem like, oh my God, is AAA no longer the guaranteed seven? It never really was to begin with. You know, right. like I do think there's that perception of a certain quality from a AAA game, and a few of those have fallen short of that, which is surprising, but not entirely uncommon. Um, so I think even if there's a few more maybe this year than on average is the last like five years, that doesn't mean that those games are generally dipping down. They just, they happen to come out around the same time the way we have like some years where we're lucky and like two masterpiece games come out and you yeah. know like last year that doesn't happen every year yeah i'm trying to think i of mean you. we're in january and i th- i'm gonna boldly predict with you know including fire emblem engage there's at least one other really great game that's gonna come out <laughs> this this month you know like we're gonna we're already leading pretty strong wait wait you know something what are you talking about Dead space remake Oh, that's right? my I can't talk about that yet. Interesting. I'm uh, not playing it, so I can't talk about it, that it's coming out on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, freaking GoldenEye is coming out on Friday, Kyle. Yeah, there we go. See that? See, another bad game. How dare you? <laughs> Ryan McGinnis writes in and says, Howdy, Ben and the Timekeepers. Uh, oh, GoldenEye, watch, time, look at this. Um, Where did all the... <clears throat> okay. Hear this question out. Don't everybody just move on too quickly. Maybe Ryan and I are just in the same wavelength, but I like this. Ryan writes in and says, where did all the grandfather clocks go? I grew up in the 90s, and I feel like there was a 50% chance of running into a grandfather clock in any given house. But now, no clocks. Where are they? Is there some clock graveyard being guarded by, guarded by Father Time? Should we be worried? Don't tell me smartphones killed them either, because we had digital clocks and watches back in the 90s as well. Yeah, we didn't carry around as, them as much, but... I do think there's something to this, to where'd all the clocks go? What Stranger Things season three, right? Because the the houses that I went into in the 90s did not all have grandfather clocks in like their foyers. Mm, At least interesting clocks. I don't know. I think of like my grandparents, they always had good clocks. And now. I mean, I think that was like a, like a, a trend for that generation, for our grandparents' generation to own a big clock like that, where that trend just doesn't exist for the following generations. So, but what happened to the grandfather clocks? Were they all just destroyed? Where are they? I'm sure they broke and then no one wanted to repair them. That's it? Yeah, they exist in your grandparents' house. They continue to and they didn't manufacture new ones for your parents or for our generation. Oh. And then, you know, they slowly broke the ones and then they didn't get repaired like Sarah Can said. You and then they define your idea like of like ET a good games. clock, yeah. Ben? Is it, I'm thinking of like the stand-up. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. Animal okay. Crossing novelty yeah. grandfather clock type of thing. Yeah. It's like, and now our grandparents in the future, all their houses are just going to look like Hook's little clock chamber with all those broken clocks. You know, <laughs> from the film Hook. Anyways, uh, Cade Mead. Kyle, when was the last time you saw Hook? Uh... 
five years ago, maybe. Wow. I, think I watched it with the kid at some point. Did she like it? I don't think so. God, I don't think Damn so. it! Cade Mead writes in and says, Hello, uh, the final season of Servant started. I don't know what that is. But they're releasing it is one it episode Shyamalan? per is it week. And I don't know. Ron from Harry Potter. Sorry. Oh. But they're releasing it one episode per week. It's driving me up the wall. Does anyone really enjoy the weekly release model anymore? Yes. It's okay, but only if there's like one. You get one thing. Like the thought of having more than one show to have to watch weekly, I think I'd lose my mind. Um, but it's okay. Like it's kind of nice to be like, oh, my family, we're all going to watch this. Like at this time on Sunday, like we're doing that with Last of Us now. And mm. it can create like a nice moment. That way I don't have to just feel like, well, are you going to watch it all right now? Because if you're not going to sit down and watch it all right now with me, I'll just watch it by myself. Okay. I'm like, I'm down. I just, you got to give me time. I don't want time. You know, there, there's not that divide, um, which is kind of nice, but yeah. I, I'm, I don't need it. I genuinely prefer it. Because it's like lower time commitment. There's something to look forward to every week. It gives you a chance to... Because like with a lot of Netflix shows that drop all at once, the conversation is either like, have you watched it? Have you watched all of it? Can we talk about it? Or yeah. can we... Or, or not. We're not going to talk about it then. But with week to week, like you, there is an opportunity to kind of be like, what do you think is going on in this show? What, what do you think is going to happen next? Like Severance was the last time I really really enjoyed that process like me and matt matt cotto were like messaging each other right, and being like, what right. do you think's going on here's what i think you know and like you just can't do that with a show that drops all at once so yeah um what did you think of that quote-unquote kiss by the way in the last episode of last of us did that work did that work for everybody <laughs> i mean medically yes <laughs> oh, right it infected her <laughs> it, it certainly did that i don't know i was it's i was weird. weirded out and more so just in a way of like, why did they do this? Less I mean, like, the stuff coming spooky. out of the mouth is like... I, I liked it because it was disturbing. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, I did. I do know some people kind of push back on it, specifically like kind of the almost sexual undertones of That's it. And it. someone point out they wouldn't have done that with a man. And I do kind of feel like they wouldn't yes, have. Yes, 100%. So I do have to yep. give it to um, yeah. the people driving that discourse online because even though I don't, I don't have that opinion on it, I think that is... True. Like, yep. I can't imagine them putting a male character in that scenario. So maybe mm -hmm. that is worth analyzing. And in general, some of what they did with, with Tess there was a little weird, where it's like, you never felt the way I feel. Like, I'm, I'm like, were they together? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I felt like they friend zoned her and then they kiss killed her. It was a little weird. <laughs> but I liked the scene. I did find it disturbing, yeah. but I felt like it was supposed to be disturbing. So it's like, yeah. it worked to me. It's wild. Neil Druckmann directed it. Um, Lewis K writes and says, Hey, team, I recently bought Resident Evil 3 make on sale on the Xbox store, and I saw that there was a DLC pack for four bones that gave you all of the unlockable weapons and unlimited ammo. Since I'd heard the game wasn't the best compared to Resident Evil 2 Remake, I took the plunge and I bought the DLC and the game for under a tenner. And this was the most fun I've had in a while. My playtime clocked cool. in at just over four hours was a blast. Nemesis got absolutely bodied from hour one to hour four i previously used to think that putting this stuff behind dlc was scummy but honestly i doubt i'd have beaten the game without the bonus of the unlimited ammo etc how do you feel about this kind of stuff i i think that's an interesting take of like it's gross if it's like in a new game but in retrospect now it's like yeah that'd be kind of a cool way to play the resident evil 3 remake yeah. i like it. i wouldn't want to play it that way my first experience but um gosh maybe there is something to that where you can just blast through i think the first time i played resident evil 3 was actually on Vita, like I'm talking about like, the original PlayStation version, yeah. and um, there was like an, a super easy option, and that, I rem actually not like and now I think about it, that's the one I picked because it gave you a bunch of like shotgun ammo at the beginning. 
because I was very much like, this is an old PS1 game. I'm playing it in like 2014. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to make it through this thing. I'm going to make it as easy as for as easy as it can be for myself. And I ended up finishing it and enjoying it. So maybe Louis K, maybe they're on to something. Louis K is on to something. I think so. I, it is weird. Maybe they could just like patch it in like two years after a game releases. Then they add a bunch of gross DLC that's just pay to win. Like I... That works for me. Um, Backstage Pass is mentioning that you can unlock that in the game, so you really are oh. just paying for the early unlock. Okay, okay. Which I, I do okay. agree, and yeah, I kind of hesitate to toss around scummy because at the end of the day, hey, it's their pro- game, their product, they're trying to make money off of it, whatever, and it works kind of in this case. So, like, yeah, I, I do, I do kind of wish that that was just probably within the game itself more, or maybe that that DLC offered more, because it is kind of... It's a little weird to paywall that. Like, I'm not yeah. the biggest fan of them paywalling that. I like the the experience itself. I think it's cool. Like, I think you, especially with older games like that, you should be able to go back in and enjoy like funky stuff like that. Whether it's a cheat code energy, whether it's toggling, you know, in the Halo collection, the old graphics and the new graphics on and on. Like, I think part of those things are what make a remake experience enjoyable if they're not rewiring or retooling the overall feel or doing a big overhaul. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I would prefer to see that just as an option like hey you can unlock it naturally or, or toggle it on if you want to yeah uh adam castellanos writes in and says hey sarah I don't know. Uh, what piece of media always gives you an emotional response could be a movie book song game piece of art anything this modern love by block party always gives me chills i love that is there anything sarah that you can go to every time that would give that would you just a, make a, me cry yeah, or just make you really emotional is maybe a better way to put it. Um, I mean, I guess like when I listen to like the original Animal Crossing music, Ooh, that's I don't get good. emotional, but I get like warm inside when I hear like like a menu or like a startup screen or when I hear that GameCube like it's like ooh serotonin happiness um but yeah like the old Barbie movies and stuff like wait so like the Christmas barbie movie like that would really feel are you gonna the nutcracker yeah absolutely okay i don't tear up but it's a good feeling do you think that you'll get emotional with that new barbie movie no it's just like curiosity at best that's just for like adults right yeah it's it's for smart remind you that barbie still exists right 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 um yeah i think i talked about this on crossfade our music podcast um but i i am genuinely scared because of how sensitive I am to the song Circle Game by Joni Mitchell, which is a beautiful song. And my mom used to sing it to me every night as I went to sleep. And it's like, it is a cool song. And like, I genuinely give my mom a lot of credit for that. Cause like, it's like a song with filled with a bunch of metaphors and the lyrics are really interesting and profound. It's Joni Mitchell, you know? And so anytime this song comes up and it's not the most common song, but every time it pops up, I just, tears immediately like watching once upon a time in hollywood and circle game pops up like tarantino you can't just (laughs) drop a circle game out of nowhere man but yeah anything to know for kyle and janet uh there's this movie uh wolf children uh it's an anime Mm -hmm. and i don't know i don't need to go into the plot really uh but it really makes me cry to watch it to the point now where when i there's one scene in the movie that i think about and even just like thinking about it a lot will make me tear up. Ooh. Um, and it's not a sad scene. It's yeah. actually a really exuberant, like emotional scene, like where happy things are happening. And it just, just even thinking about it makes me emotional. I, that movie really hit super hard. The for movie's me, so. a very emotional movie. 
Yeah, but Wolf fact, Children is like one of my one of the best the animes of the last like movie. decade. Really mm-hmm. fantastic. Kyle, I loved hearing you talk and not hearing. No, sorry, oh, sorry, what, sorry, was, sorry. what was your fun fact? Yeah, the college I went to in Japan is the college featured in Wolf Children. Oh, really? That's cool. So oh, the scene okay. where they're going to college, I'm like, oh wait, I was watching it and I was like, wait, why is this so familiar? And then I cried for the rest of the movie because the, uh, it's one of those Sarah, the movies. scene in particular is when they finally get settled in their sort of country home and the kids are mm-hmm. running through the snow as wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like, and they're honestly, like, that sounds really wow. it's like, it's, it's so good. It's such a great movie. If you want to cry, if you're like, oh, I could really cry over something today. Yeah. Oh, I but love not, crying. But not like actively like we're going to try to. Do, I mean, there's a lot of sad stuff in that movie, sure. but there's right, also right. a lot of things that are like the joy of parenthood and humanity and i don't know really great movie huh that's nice for me it's the um i mean there's a lot of things probably but the first thing that came to mind was fresh prince of bel-air the scene where will is talking to uncle phil after his dad leaves yeah oh it's so good i cue that up on youtube from time to time just to like as a a humanity check like let me make sure (laughs) i can still feel something it's so good i think it's one of his i mean he has a lot of strong acting scenes but that scene is immaculate right everything about the way he does it again also getting emotional just thinking about it he performs it so well it's so good yeah um it's funny too because that audio was used for a tiktok trend that was like a lot of moms talking about like being a single mom and their kid having those feelings and so kind of cut with their like videos from childhood or whatever and i I just went through that trend and i was like oh man will smith's really good in this scene it's it's such a powerful (laughs) moment in the show did you watch that reunion of fresh prince i think it was on like hbo no, I haven't seen it. I actually heard it was, people were saying it's pretty good, but it, it was, um, it was yeah, good, I don't yeah. keep up with a lot of stuff uh, just, for TV and movies. Oh, okay. It was a nice way to just like remember like, oh yeah, I love that show growing up. And I remember like, I remembered a couple of weird moments, but it wasn't until watching that making of thing that I was like, oh my God, this was a weirder show that I remember where they broke the fourth wall several times in Fresh Prince. Yeah. Like there's just the end of an episode where Will Smith just says, if we're so rich, how come we don't have a ceiling? And then the camera tilts up and it shows like just oh, a bunch yeah. of lights in the studio and then credits. It's like, that's such an awesome way to end a sitcom I think, episode. I think too, like with the Fresh Prince scene with him and his dad, um, yeah. there's something so powerful about a sitcom that can hit a hard emotional moment. Right. They're so rare given the genre. Like, you know, How I Met Your Mother had the one where, you know, spoiler, Marshall's dad dies and when he just mm. says, I'm not ready for this and they're just crying on the street. Like, oh, so like, or, you know, Barney being like, if you were going to be a boring dad, why couldn't you have been that for me? Like, man, some of those scenes are just so, so well done. How I Met Your Mother you go to? I, I, I don't think I've seen a single episode of that show. Really? Um, yeah. Let's talk later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of time back. Okay. Uh, White Mex. But I, yeah, hang on. Emo- surprisingly emotional sitcom scenes. Like, you know, The Office, like the British Office, I think of like the end of the British Office melted me in particular. But I'm trying to think of those other just like haymakers out of left field in sitcoms. Like the- Mary Tyler Moore has a couple for sure. The end of New Girl really hit me hard. I was like really surprised yeah. uh, about how emotional that made me. I don't think everyone dies. It's a terrible. No, <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't know if this counts, but I remember they had an episode of Seinfeld that was kind of like a making of thing. It's kind of like a best of. And they had like a montage in that episode where it was playing Green Day's Time of Your Life to Seinfeld clips. Oh, yeah. Like that made me surprisingly oh, emotional watching that. Oh, my that. gosh. <laughs> uh, but then outside of that, I don't think any other Seinfeld scene oh. really goes for it. By the way, I meant to mention earlier, the, what's I already forgot the name of the game. Hi-Fi. Um, Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Yes. You're fighting Vandalite Industries? <laughs> That's the name of the company, really? I think yeah, so. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I missed Good it. Vandalite. My brother mentioned it in chat, and I didn't realize. Okay. I thought he was maybe just joking about it. I didn't realize that it was actually Vandalay Industries. 
maybe That's the so spelling's funny. different or something, but I really I did a double take and I was like, I heard they said Vandalay, right? They're gonna it's be like importers, amazing. exporters. <laughs> of silica is Guaranteed. it silicone? I think. <laughs> yeah, and other hard plastics. <laughs> God. I, I am going through Seinfeld again right now. Believe it or not, still freaking hilarious. We gotta I, do yeah, I feel like it's been tossed around, but Ben, we gotta do that. Um the what trivia? the hell is that game seen it? Oh, because it's so yeah. rare for me to have a worthy competitor. It's just right. me and my brother. But then we can't play together because we're too good and it's just stressful. Well, let me let but me finish. Play it. Yeah, let me finish this full rewatch of Seinfeld yeah. and then I'll be ready to go. I'm priming right now. Um, White Max writes in and says uh, a lot of podcasts I listen to have the episode number in the title. I was wondering if you, Ben, knew the current count, including this episode of the Min Max Show podcast. Yes, I do, White Max. But then White Max also says. Um, it'd be interesting to see which cohort can guess the closest for the total number. What number episode of the Min Max Show podcast is this episode right now? I file names or giving it away, so I deal with it every week. But let's see. Kyle maybe knows the best. So, uh, Sarah, you're the newest. So I'm sorry. You have to guess first. Um, like one seventy. 170. Janet, what do you think? Um, I think it'd be 162. 162. Interesting. Kyle. 272? 272. So the person who's been here since the start is by far the furthest off. Because three uh, years, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Very That's good. That's what I was thinking, right? 52 yeah. weeks. I was thinking, yeah. You're, 19 is when we started. Right. 20, 21. I don't know 22. how the math works. But okay. You, you I had I added an extra year. Okay. You did. So, yeah. uh, Sarah Podorski, we're at 173. Very wow. good. Very good. She wins a Sony. I Google how many Wednesdays in a year, and then I just guesstimated. <laughs> Smart. Hey, that's the secret. Uh, all right. Thanks, White Max, for writing, and thanks everybody else who wrote in. Uh, what do you all like for question of the week? If I may refresh your memories, there's games that might get sequels that deserve sequels. There's eye colors, of course. Our games duds now. Of course, who can forget? Where did the clocks go? Um, what I, I what like do you all like? The, uh, I like the emotional one. Yeah, honestly, I like that um, one too. I also like the the nix it the sequel whi- thingy whisket. Or brisket. biscuit or whatever, you know. <laughs> biscuit. Trick the biscuit one. Yeah. R- the brisket to biscuit one I like okay. a lot. Sarah, where are you leaning? Biscuit to biscuit. In a few weeks, someone's going to make up some game called Risket to Biscuit, and it's going to be great. I like great, Risket to Biscuit. It. It seems like a cooking game themed yeah, one. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all they do your work. That's all right. them. There we go. You like that one, Sarah? So Ricky Maru, give it to them. That's, That's the one I like. Well, then seems we're, like we're split. doing it. No, no, no. I'm yeah. down with that. And she won the last game. The episodes one. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Ricky Moreau. What do I get for winning the episode things? Uh, Another g- uh, dual sense edge. Yeah, we'll ship you out as many dual sense edges as you can possibly hold in your hand. And then you can make a throne of them and yeah. sit down be really on gross. the different size thumbsticks. Uh, Ricky Maru, congratulations. You just won Persona 5 Royal, the vinyl soundtrack, thanks to I Am 8-Bit. Thank you for writing in, everybody. Uh, now it's time for something that we personally like to call Get a Little of This. 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 Uh, all right. Sarah- Are, is everyone's brain broken now when they see a character say, get a load of this? And a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, like, 
I it, like uh, Luffy said it in an episode of One Piece. I was like, oh, I gotta go grab that. I gotta go yeah. grab that like, that that little clip. It's literally the um, I've heard there's a name for the phenomenon where it's like now you see the stuff because you're used to seeing it. Kind of like mm. if you when you get a car, you see that car everywhere. Right. Like my right. high school was Walter Payton, so we see the 34 was our big number, so we see 34s everywhere when you're going there, and then I haven't seen a 34 since. That's that for get for Min Max. I screenshot that every time. Yeah. Like, yeah. That and um, the pe- people jumping over the rings, I always think you're a thread Kyle for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll go first, I guess. Um, there's a clip that was pulled down from Twitter, but it's on YouTube. Um, there's a link below for all this stuff, but it is James Cameron at some award ceremony. I don't know where the hell he was. And he was talking to the director of RRR, Jacob Geller's <laughs> favorite film that we talked about last year. But it is That's, just uh, yeah. three minutes. You I almost said that to Jacob. I was like, I don't know if this is cool. I haven't watched RRR yet, but I think. Oh, really? Oh, it's, it's very yeah. cool. Because it starts out with James Cameron being like, oh, I love your movie. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then he starts going more and more in depth. Like, no, no, I really love RRR. And he really starts like breaking <laughs> it all down. And James Cameron's wife is there too. And she's like, it seems like they don't know they're being filmed, which is a little bit creepy. But James Cameron's wife's like, yeah, really. Like he saw it once and then he sat me down and said, you need to watch this. And he made me watch RRR and he walked through why it was so brilliant. So uh, link below if you're interested in that Sounds type fun. of thing. It is Finally, fun. Speaking of James Cameron, I, I saw a clip. I wish I should have saved it. It would have been a good get a of this. But he he commented on the SNL papyrus sketch. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like the best SNL sketch of like, I don't know, the last 10 years. <laughs> and uh, he thought it was funny. He said SNL. That's all I got. Uh, Janet, what do you got for a little of this? Yeah, get a little of this. Funny enough, I was looking for a different one when then I came across a, a different get a little of this. I'm going to do the one that I just found. Um, it's still January at the time of this recording, so I think it's still time that you can set up your calendar for the year, which you can do at Nintendo.com. Play.nintendo.com slash activities, etc. Like, it has a Nintendo online calendar creator, and then you go in, and you can, like, decorate your own little calendar with different, like, Mario characters and backgrounds, and you can All enter right. important dates and put different mario character emblems or items or faces and this is where the, the minmax calendar is now what this is where the minmax calendar is now um it could be we there's no there's nothing stopping us from doubling up okay. on an existing calendar so ben Sorry. you're in charge of that okay. uh, i expect to see it next time i'm in uh minnesota okay i can do no problem that's cute links below let's get you here to watch the new uh, puss and boots movie it's really good yeah yeah and also we can play that uh, trivia thing seinfeld to nothing's gonna be as good as shrek so i don't know how we're gonna tap that to be honest but right. we'll try uh sarah you got one yeah, um, on a... Do you guys remember Fish Plays Pokemon? Yeah. Oh my god, I, see, I know what you're going to talk about. Yes, yes. Yes, so somebody had set up a pet fish plays Pokemon, and the, the fish was playing Pokemon Violet uh, on a live stream, and the owner had left. They were just kind of leaving it running, and when the fish swims to different areas of the screen, is different button inputs. But midway through the game, of course, because it's Pokemon Violet, it crashed out of the game. Oh, no. And the fish was just kind of running around the menu screen. <laughs> um, it changed the person's name. Oh, no. And then, like, it changed their entire name. And then somehow it opened the eShop. <laughs> yes. And it exposed their credit card number no. on a live stream. No. And then it went and it made, like, a bunch of purchases on the eShop. <laughs> oh, my and God. And at the end of the video, the you see the owner, like, writing. There's, like, an edited version on YouTube that I'll share. But you see the owner, like, dear Nintendo, my fish made all these purchases on accident like please can i have a refund um that's absolutely amazing. terrifying absolutely worst case scenario so everybody let that be a lesson to you don't set up a fish-based live stream at home and leave the house don't do it i know it's tempting but just and don't, don't do it. give your fish access to your credit card it's <laughs> so funny I hope is there a conclusion did nintendo refund him or i don't i haven't seen it this no happened way. nine days ago i assume okay. 
I don't think they spent too much money. They bought like a bunch of avatars for like we the the sports switch sports. <laughs> <Stupid>. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fish they didn't did. Even buy good but amazing! No. I think they did buy a couple games too. So like stream the games, streaming the games my fish bought. I would tune into that. Yeah, that is good. I remember like a many years ago, someone's dog just chewed up an Xbox 360 controller overnight and bought the the owner's like thousands of dollars worth of video games and they had to like call Microsoft to sort of sort that out, which they did. Microsoft gave them the money back, I think. That's very sweet. Uh, let's see, who haven't we hit? Kyle? Oh, hey, get a load of this. Um, I, I have not done my due diligence on this. I haven't like researched it oh, extensively to know okay. how accurate it is, uh, but there was just this, on Reddit, there was just something and it was just Squaresoft developers working on Final Fantasy 7. And then the word or the numbers '90s in the in brackets, and it's just a picture of uh, them developers working on Final Fantasy VII on like these old computers, which is like it's the wildest thing to look at. They have like five, uh, like you know, tube monitors that are like displaying Final Fantasy VII stuff, and it's just like it's one of those things. It's like watching like old Pixar documentaries or something where yeah. you see the computers they animated Toy Story Whoa. on, where you're like. I can't believe that that was the technology they used to make this thing that is just like so important to video yeah. games. But I, like I said, I actually don't know if, I like how, if it's like a real picture, but I really like it and it's a cool thing to see. So now you can look at it. All right on. I like it. Uh, this is from the community in the Discord. Uh, Tanta Claus shared this uh, saying, um, well, I guess I won't spoil it too much, but this is the um, volume setting going into the sound menu. For Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Fire! Congratulations! You've turned up the awesome! No! What? You're going the wrong way! <laughs> That's so funny. This, to me. this is my only job! <laughs> So if you turn down the voice volume, he actually responds to it in real time, which, hey, it's amazing. The best thing Sonic's ever Love done. That. Way to go, buddy. Uh, all right. I think that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Thank you so much for watching it, listening to it, sharing it, all those fun things. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks to uh, a graphic designer we hired to overhaul MinMax's overlays for 2023, uh, Gavin Thompson. So shout out to Gavin. Thanks for doing this. You can find his site online. Thanks to Poggers for being very cute on camera. That's Sarah's dog. Yeah, ador he's adorable. He's chewing on something, probably your hair. Uh, Party Chat this week, our weekly bonus podcast. Um, we talked about the Giant Bomb layoffs, talked about the state of games media. Um, we also had a big discussion about the Jurassic Park book because somebody in the community read it. And so we, <laughs> we unpacked all that. So again, Party right. Chat is a weekly bonus podcast. You can get right in your favorite podcast app. We reference it all the time, but that is what Party Chat is. Please check it out, everybody. We'd appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Find the tier that is right for you. I feel like we're in, I know the year just started, but I feel like we're in a really fun, good spot right now. Every once in a while, I look at like the stuff that we're cranking out here at MinMax and it's like, Hey, we're on we're on a little bit of a streak right now. Like we've had some fun stuff. Like the main podcast, that's all great. Reaction streams, that's well and good. Last of Us spoilers, that's all all well and good. But then like Leo and Sarah's sales pitch videos, I thought were fantastic. Sarah, or sorry, Janet played through all of the Left Behind DLC for Last of Us. Kyle and I brought you on a Jurassic Park set tour video from Hawaii. We streamed that cozy holiday feast last Friday. It's on our YouTube channel. I thought that was really fun. Sarah, I'm not proud of a lot of stuff that we do, but after that, I was like, I really love that. I think that was great. 
great. Uh, so thanks everybody for the kind words about that. Uh, sledding for new show plus in the Minnesota winter. I thought that was fun. Sarah playing Viva Pinata. If any of that is worth $2 to you, please go over to patreon.com slash minmax with two N's and help support independent games media because we've got a big year ahead of us and we greatly appreciate the support. And thank you to some of our biggest supporters at that game champion tier. People can choose any game under the sun and declare themselves the champion of it. Just like Spider-Dan is the champion of Illusion of Gaia. Hunter Blessing is the champion of Guitar Hero 2. Very impressive. Clemens Zobel, the champion of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Love it. Andra Silva is the champion of Dark Cloud. Zachary Pliggy is the champion of Superman 64. PrettyGoodPrinting.com and Seth over there. They're the champion of Spider-Man and Venom, colon, Maximum Carnage. Love it. I guess so. Mr. Nomer is the champion of a game called Unmetal. Unmetal. I don't know what that is. That's made up. Uh, Vexheart is the champion of Outer Wilds. That's going to do very well in the big roundup polls. Uh, and then Evan Lemons. I love this, Evan. Evan chose EverQuest. They're the champion of EverQuest. So thank you to everybody for choosing a game to be the champion of. We'll have that poll going up pretty soon, actually, for to figure out who is the winner and we'll create bonus content around that. But hey, that's it. Anybody else have any final thoughts before we close this sucker out? You know, I thought it was going to be a fun episode, and it was a fun episode. I, I like this you one. Nailed it, man. A prediction? Yeah. Do you have any? You were gearing up like you had a thought there, Kyle. Oh, I bought uh, the cable I need to plug in my digital drum set uh, that yes. we oh. briefly talked about. I, I still have some stuff to figure out with it, but maybe I'll play some drums soon. I think that was, that was just offline that we had that conversation, didn't? Wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, why not? I don't know. All right, it's a tease. It's a tease of something we might get hooked up for a future, maybe New Show Plus. Who can say? Cool. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching and listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.